What's up, everybody? This is Tales from the Backlog. My name is Dave Jackson. This is a video games podcast where I bring in guests to talk about the games we play. Today is a very special episode because I have both of the hosts of the Friendly Neighborhood Gamers podcast, Andrew Kimball and Dylan Wren here with me today. Hey, guys. Hey. How's it going? Doing great. It's great to have you guys on the show because we have a really awesome episode planned today. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Today, we're going to be talking about the Bloodborne bosses. And you heard my episode about Bloodborne earlier this week. Today, we're going to be tier ranking the bosses in Bloodborne. So just like a couple months ago when you heard the Dark Souls bosses tier list episode, we're going to do the same thing for Bloodborne because I don't know about you guys, but in the From Software games, I think a lot of the bosses deserve kind of their own conversation. I mean, we talk mm-hmm. about them in the episodes that we do, but they deserve their own conversation because they're such a, a point of emphasis mm-hmm. in those games. For sure. For sure. It's, you know, those those games are challenging, but it's it's the bosses that are really kind of like on display so many times. It's the bosses that I'm really looking forward to seeing in Elden Ring. Uh, and so, and mm-hmm. it's the bosses that we all go and watch, you know, Vati Vidya tell us about for (laughs) 40 minutes uh deep dive into that lore you know yeah but before uh before we get into talking about the bosses um can you tell my listeners what the friendly neighborhood gamers is all about sure you want me to do it dylan yeah you go for it (laughs) all right so your friendly neighborhood gamers is the name of the podcast and we also have a youtube channel and we stream on twitch every friday and so new videos and podcast episodes come out alternating weeks so it's a bi-weekly podcast bi-weekly youtube channel and basically the the idea behind it was we wanted to make a make gaming content but do it from a more average perspective cuz we both Dylan and I listen to a lot of industry podcasts, you know, your IGNs, your kind of funnies, your easy allies, all those kind of people. And we really enjoy those, but like, obviously we don't really have the bandwidth to keep up with all the news, to play the latest games, to review them, to to get codes, to do all that kind of stuff. And so we decided to lean into that side of it and just talk about the games that we like, similar to what you do. I mean, you're not talking about the most recent releases. You're just doing deep dives into games that you love. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the other thing that we wanted to do with our podcast was interview cool people in the com- on more of a community level. Mm-hmm. Maybe streamers, other podcasters that have gaming podcasts. Uh, if we could get some indie devs on there, that'd be cool. You know, obviously it'd be great to get some high profile guests someday, but we really kind of wanted to shine a spotlight on some of the more like local community ground level people within the the gaming community. Mm-hmm. Did I right forget on. anything, Dylan? Yeah, no, I think <laughs> you covered it. Uh, you, uh, and and really hit that that main piece for us. Like Andrew was saying, was that we we don't we we know that a vocal subset of the gaming community is like the hardcore gamer that's playing all the new releases. But we really wanted to kind of shine that light on uh, a broader spectrum of gamers you know and whether you play one game a year and you just keep playing that or you play every single new release we're all kind of gamers so that's that's really what we wanted to focus on like andrew was saying so yeah and it's a uh, it's a relatively new show and i've been listening each um each episode that comes out and i've been enjoying it so i want 
to let uh, my listeners know to go check out your friendly neighborhood gamers. I will put uh, links to all of the friendly neighborhood gamers stuff down in the show notes for this episode, so you can go check them out. So we are going to talk about Bloodborne bosses today, and uh, in the other episode, the main episode about the game Bloodborne with uh, Jake and Moonborn, we started the episode by giving our personal histories with Bloodborne and stuff like that. Since I have different guests on this episode, I want to give uh, Andrew and Dylan a chance to share their personal histories with Bloodborne before we get into talking about the bosses proper. So I will turn it over to you guys. What made you want to play Bloodborne? What keeps you going back to it? Because I know you guys are big fans of the game. Go for this one, Andrew, because yours is way more interesting than mine is. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, okay, so I, I, when I got my PlayStation 4, it was the first PlayStation that I had ever owned. I've been mostly Nintendo Xbox up to that point, and so at the time that I acquired my PlayStation 4, a bunch of big games had already been out, and so I was able to just like walk into the local GameStop, buy like six games for you know, whatever, under 50 bucks, and go home and just have like this awesome instant catalog. Well, Bloodborne was one of those games. And I bought my PlayStation to play Spider-Man. So that was the first thing I played. But then when that was done, I put Bloodborne in, was immediately kind of grabbed by that opening cutscene that they have in the game. And then (laughs) I started it. And I don't play a lot of spooky games or watch a lot of like horror movies or anything like that. So immediately I was getting those vibes from this game. And then I played, I got to that kind of first alleyway that's supposed to really test you and and check you and see if you're a serious person playing this game. And I was not. And I realized at that (laughs) point I did a little research and realized this is one of those dark souls games. Mm -hmm. These are one of those real hard games. (laughs) So I, I put it down for a while. Um, but something about it just made me want to keep coming back and keep trying it. And even though it made me feel really like tense and anxious, I wanted to see what was around the corner. What was like, yelling and beating on the door at the end of that alley and so about a year i think after i first tried to play it i started looking up guides on you know how how do new players get into this game and so a few of those like kind of starting tips helped me out and then i started watching a walkthrough to kind of get an idea of what i was supposed to be doing and all that put together once i got through that first section and i got through Uh, the first couple bosses, you know, that we're going to talk about, obviously it was all downhill from there. And I, I played it, I fell in love with it. Um, I think when I did my full playthrough that I actually beat it was like, right as the, the pandemic and quarantines were hitting. So I had a lot of time to sink into it. And I kind of just like, that was my game that I was playing alongside animal crossing, ironically, (laughs) but, uh, Two very similar so, games. Yeah, exactly. So when Bloodborne <laughs> got too stressful, I could just go play the turnip market or whatever was going on <laughs> in Animal Crossing. And yeah. yeah, so Bloodborne was great. I loved it. It got me into the FromSoft genre. And pretty much since I've beaten Bloodborne, um, I've played all the Dark Souls. I've played Sekiro. I played the Demon Souls remake. I've played a bunch of Souls-like knockoffs just to try to like scratch that itch. And I'm really hyped for Elden Ring. And then 
I guess the the second part of my story kind of leads into Dylan's story, I'm assuming, because mm-hmm. we did a, a co-op playthrough and that was when we platinumed it. So I'll go ahead and throw it over to you, Dylan. Yeah. Um, so my journey with Bloodborne uh, does not start until much more recently. Um, I have been playing like the Souls series for years and years and years. I had a college roommate who was super into Souls and so he bought the original Dark Souls and sort of played it eventually convinced me to try it out and sort of helped guide me through the the initial pieces of it um and then i was you know at the the midnight launch for dark souls 2 dark souls 3 that sort of thing and have loved those games ever since um i've always been an xbox guy though and so bloodborne was always one that i could not play uh because it was a playstation exclusive um same with demon souls and so uh eventually uh much more recently within i guess it was what last year uh andrew got lucky and managed to find a playstation 5 and so he's like well i don't need this playstation 4 anymore do you want to you know buy it off me so i Gave him uh, some money. He gave me a nice PlayStation 4 with, uh, pro- I guess, probably most of the initial games you picked up for it. So yeah, I kind that, of inherited your initial collection there. Um, and and so I, I, I knew I was looking forward to it already because I was like, FromSoft, yes, this is awesome. I, I like the aesthetic. I like FromSoft games. I'm excited for this. Andrew had kind of been... Uh, talking my ear off about it because he had fallen in love with it. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of like cosmic horror and like Lovecraftian type of uh, stuff too. And so I was like, Oh, this sounds right up my alley because it leans very heavily into all of that. Um, mm-hmm. And so I started playing it. Um, and then like Andrew said, um, you know, he, he would kind of give me the, the lore dumps and, and we would, go through the game and like do some co-op boss fights and everything. Um, and eventually we were like, you know what? We're having a lot of fun with this. Andrew had never played the DLC. I had never played the game at all. Uh, so he was like, you know what? Let's, let's just do a full run. Let's get the platinum trophy. Cause it, you know, we had looked at it and it was like, Oh, this seems very doable. You know, um, really the only complicated stuff was doing uh, the chalice dungeons and, like remembering to buy the weapons before you beat the final boss. Uh, and so it was a lot of fun. And we, we had the chance to just kind of, I will, I will say I have platinumed both the base game and the DLC. Uh, Andrew <laughs> okay. forgot to to grab like one of the weapons or something like that in the DLC. <laughs> so I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to hold on to that as long as I can. Uh, <laughs> It's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. Mm. <laughs> hey, but you know, like, you have this horrible situation on your hands where if you want the platinum, you have to play Bloodborne again, right? And that's uh, <laughs> that's just just a, a terrible situation. I my my thoughts and prayers go out to you that you have to play yeah, Bloodborne no, again. <laughs> it's rough. It's real rough. Right. Yeah. So, uh, in my case, I'll just let you guys know and kind of reiterate for the listeners. Yeah. I was also always a uh, Xbox and Nintendo person. Uh, I never had a PlayStation. Mm-hmm. I think I had a PlayStation 1, but I didn't really play it much. And then, like, no PS2, no PS3. And then I got a PS4 for the first time in, like, 2019 mm-hmm. or something like that. 
So I didn't even know about Bloodborne, but I was looking at all those like, you just got a PS4. Here are the list of games you should buy, you know? And it was like, God of War. Okay, I'm going to get that for sure. Bloodborne. What the hell is that? But it's at the top of all of these lists, so I should probably get it, you know? Yeah. And I I didn't even know it was from software because I, I played Dark Souls 1 um, way, way back in the day and loved it, and then I hated Dark Souls 2 before they did the Scholar update. So then I just, like, stopped paying attention to what From Software was doing. But then I saw, like, <laughs> oh, the Dark Souls people made this. It looks super cool, so I'll play that. Mm-hmm. And so... I totally fell in love with it too. It's um, a really special game. And I, like I said in the main episode, when people ask me what my favorite game of all time is, I always pause because it's a hard question. But Bloodborne is a extremely strong contender for like my mm-hmm. favorite game mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. So this is going to be fun. Yes. We are going to get into the tier list. We're going to go kind of semi well, mostly chronological to the best of my memory. I didn't look up the order of the bosses. Uh, just went kind of from memory. We're going to go through the game uh, as the bosses appear. And then we're going to sprinkle in Chalice Dungeon bosses as like the difficulty and like the level of the Chalice Dungeons match with the rest of the game. Uh, again, to the best of my knowledge. And you will find the link to this tier list in the show notes. So anyone listening, if you want to make your own tier list and share it with me, please do so. I love to look at uh, what people think. One of my favorite things about these games is how, like, I may love a boss and find it a really fun challenge, or I may find a boss really easy. But Andrew and Dylan, you guys uh, probably feel differently, especially regarding difficulty. It's like Mm -hmm. endlessly interesting to me how some people think a boss is impossible and then the next person will think that boss is super easy, but Mm -hmm. they have another boss that they think is impossible. So it's always interesting to me. Yes. One more thing before we get started, I want to give a full spoiler warning for Bloodborne that includes the entire game All story, lore for all of the bosses and boss mechanics will be talked about with no regard for spoilers in this entire episode. So if you have not played Bloodborne and you don't want to be spoiled, come back after you've played the game. This episode will still be here. So let's get started. We are going to get started with the Cleric Beast. is the first boss that most players are going to fight. Um, I'll turn it over to you guys. So on the tier list, oh, I should say uh, ahead of time, I have not fought the deep chalice dungeon bosses. And on this tier list, the looks like the defiled bosses from the chalice dungeons are not here. Uh, thankfully, we don't have to talk about them. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess when we talk about Amygdala or we talk about, um, you know, the watchdog you guys can talk about the defiled version if you want to. Um, yeah. Yeah, some of these bosses did take a hit because of the uh, <laughs> those chalice dungeons. I can only imagine. 
<laughs> so on my tier list, I have um, an S rank, A, B, C, D, F, and I have a tier for bosses that I didn't fight. So starting with the Cleric Beast, guys, where are you putting the Cleric Beast on here? I think for me, I would place it at a, like a high B tier. Um, mm-hmm. It is a really cool like boss. I love how it kind of bursts onto the scene where you're just sort of walking down like, oh, hey, there's an item. I'm going to like walk down this little path. And then all of a sudden <laughs> you hear the scream and it like jumps up on the wall and crashes down in front of you. It's a really cool scene. Um, it's got a great entrance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would probably place it higher, but I feel like there are other, you know, like big beastie bosses that I would probably place higher than it. So um, for me, it's a really solid uh, B tier. And, and I like that it's, it feels very fair. Like the first time you mm-hmm. encounter it, if you're not expecting it, it's like, oh crap. And and I, I'm fairly certain I died the first time I fought it. Um, but it telegraphs its moves well, and it gives you kind of that like, hey, here's how you're going to learn this. Um, here's mm-hmm. how you're going to be able to do this. Um, and and I appreciate that. And I think that's something FromSoft does really well uh, is put you up against like a difficult but fair boss for you to learn so yeah i i would say from soft basically all the yeah i'm trying to think of the first boss in sekiro so i'll just ignore it um <laughs> i think at least the dark souls and bloodborne games all of the first bosses you fight are pretty good like tutorial they're hard especially if you've never played those before but they're all pretty good like hey this is what you can expect type mm-hmm. bosses so mm-hmm. yeah cool cool andrew how about you dude so yeah for me i have my all of the bosses kind of in order from one to what whatever however many are of where i think that they fall but i haven't really put hard lines so that's the part that i'm going to be pondering here but i think <laughs> <laughs> I think Cleric Beast gets an A from me because of the presentation. And mm-hmm. it's it's the first thing you see in Bloodborne that's like I mean, you see a lot of like village people and stuff and weird things are going on. There's you know the werewolf obviously. Mm-hmm. But then this thing jumps over the wall at you and you kind of realize what you're in for. And I remember the first time I was climbing up that ladder in Yarnum, in central Yarnum, and I heard that screech off in the distance. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, it's <laughs> probably going to kill me. Yeah, and I'm going to have to so, fight yeah. that sometime for sure. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so just I think I think that the, the bridge as an environment can be kind of frustrating with the camera sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I think other than that, it's really epic location. I think it's a great first boss, a great welcome to Bloodborne and a... I love the way that they present it. And so, yeah, it's that's going in the A category for me. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah, the the arena is pretty narrow for as big as the bosses and from software cameras kind of struggle with small enclosed spaces. Um, so that's like an issue in that fight. Uh, the Cleric Beast is in the B tier for me uh, because I think it's a good tutorial. It's a good... Uh, it's it's kind of an introduction to like you know lore like if you think about what it used to be and what it is now um that's kind of cool mm-hmm. mostly that entrance uh the fact that it's 
one half of the tutorials. Like I, I consider Gascoigne to be part of the tutorial too. Yeah, so like yeah. this is your intro to beast fights, which are going to be, you know, a good portion of the the bosses. And Gascoigne, who's next, um, is your introduction to like fighting people. Hunters. And there are a lot of, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of like people or hunter fights uh, in this game. So where would you guys put Gascoigne? I have Gascoin in A. Um, I, like you said, I th- it it is a tutorial fight, um, but I think it is a very good tutorial fight. Um, the the sort of three phases he goes through are really cool, um, and like when you first encounter him, just the the opening cutscene where you're kind of like, but you know, up until that point, you hadn't really encountered uh, a hunter like that before. Um, mm-hmm. Like you, you, you fought the random, like almost zombie people, uh, just kind of wandering the streets. I know they're not zombies, but like it felt very like, coming from Dark Souls. It felt very like, oh, these are the random like undead guys from the the opening of every Dark Souls game. Um, and you had fought some like kind of werewolf stuff, uh, and then you get to this guy, and you're like, I don't really know what to expect. This guy has like the same powers as me. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he's and, and that's kind of intimidating. He has the trick weapon, which you know is really cool to see how he uh, he's got his uh, gun, and so he can pair you back if you're not careful. Um, and so I, I thought that was really cool. Um, and lore wise too, I. Uh, you know, I did the the Vadi Vidya deep dive and learned the lore. Yep. And even though it is very sad lore, um, it, it it's cool to like kind of know that going in and be like, oh, you can use this music box. Like I, I remember Andrew saying, like, hey, uh, as we were going through, he was kind of giving me the rundown of you know, well, this is his daughter, that girl that you talked to at the window, and like this is the music box. So if you play the music box when he's turning, you can get the get him stunned and get some free attacks in there. But also like, this is why it stuns him. So uh, it was just overall really, really cool. I love the arena that you find him into. Um, so a tier for me. Cool. Cool. I'm, I'm going to go a as well. I think for everything that you mentioned, because I was, when I kind of made my list, I think I was focusing a lot on like the boss, the fight, the arena. But then when you started talking about the lore, cause I have, I was thinking maybe he would slip to B for me. But when you started bringing up the lore and all that, and like the first time I figured out what was going on there and how tragic the little girl's story is, and mm-hmm. yeah, that that definitely bumps it up to an A. Gascoigne is is a a great second half to the tutorial, like you mentioned, teaching you how to deal with the hunters, and they did a good job of giving you all those tombstones and things like that to kind of create space if you need it and catch your breath, but not for too long. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that third phase kind of comes out of nowhere and catches you off guard if you're not ready for it. And yeah, that all that paired with the lore. Yeah, I'm going A on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the regular episode for Bloodborne that I released, I had we did top three bosses uh, in there and I had Gascoigne in my top three. So he's going in the S tier uh, for yeah. me. I think fighting him like while he's in regular human form is very cool, but when he um when he transforms that is a, a very like oh shit moment uh because like it's it's the first time you've seen that and like you've kind of heard you know go hunt some beasts basically and they kind of just set you free and you get a little bit of lore throughout like the beginning but 
you don't see anybody like full on transform until Gascoigne does it. Mm-hmm. So the um um yeah, that transformation's good. The story, like you guys mentioned, is it's very, very good. Um, I was never able to get the music box because he's super aggressive or like get the music box trick to work. Yeah. He's super aggressive and the music box takes a few seconds to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just stuns him for like, you know, a couple of seconds. It's yeah. not super powerful. It's really good for like uh, like a beginner playthrough because if you if you pop it right as he's a, like transforming as that animation's happening when he comes out of it it like you said if you did it if you didn't do it too early mm-hmm. he'll get stunned for a few seconds and it's usually enough time to lob a couple Molotovs and fire is really effective against mm-hmm. beasts right mm-hmm. and so it's it's a good kind of advantage for new players but I think people who are good at parrying in the game don't even need it like you can parry all three of his phases pretty successfully yeah and that was what i was about to get into is that like i one of my favorite things about bloodborne is how you can just parry a lot of the uh, bosses just like regular enemies and Gascoin is like you should have learned how to parry from the brick trolls and the regular dudes uh in central yarnum and then if you were to like try it on Gascoin, you know four or five times you'll realize that you can parry him too and so, like, he's testing you on that, too, which is what a, a tutorial boss should do. Mm. And uh, glad you mentioned all the gravestones because he is hyper, hyper aggressive. You can use those to kind of, like, get yourself a few seconds to heal or kind of just reassess what's going on. Yeah. Good, good fight, Father Gascoin. All right. So next up on the tier list, we have uh, the Blood-Starved Beast which I have uh, next up because it's usually the third boss that I fight. So blood starved beast. Where are you guys putting him? Yeah. You thinking about it, Dylan? I think, I, I mean, I, I made my I list. I have my list here and I'm like, is this how I still feel about it? I made it like five hours ago. Uh, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I still feel this way. I don't what I'm, I'm, I'm wondering going into this, like, are there going to be, c and d's and e's or is it going to be really top yes. heavy with a couple f's because <laughs> no, I, I don't know if i haven't <laughs> okay i don't know how mine's going to shake out if i have yeah. any like middle middling bosses yeah i think i think for me this one is still a b uh b tier i think it's lower on the b tier closer to the c tier personally for me um the presentation of this boss i think is really cool just kind of like the like the way that it's got like the skin flaps and stuff that are basically like hunters were trying to like skin it um and it's still alive and it's attacking you now um i think is very Mm -hmm. interesting and um it kind of introduces that sort of point like dot like damage over time mechanic to you and it's like hey you know how you used to just like dodge around and use blood vials and parry like now if you like eventually this boss will start poisoning you pretty much. Um, so I thought yep. that was pretty cool too. Um, is that the most impressive? Um, there are like bosses that I like a lot more than this one, uh, but I think it's a solid B tier for me personally. So I'm I'm going B as well. And I think it's because I think I've played the beginning part of bloodborne the most obviously and so i have kind of an attachment to some of these areas and these bosses i really like old yarnum mm-hmm. and i like the blood starved beast uh as like the cap to that 
And I think Cleric Beast and Gascoigne were tough for sure. And I didn't, my first playthrough, I didn't beat Gascoigne by learning how to parry. I created space, used my threaded cane on like whip mode and just like got in hits where I could. Then I did the music box cheese. Um, the blood starved beast was my first real check. I think my first playthrough, it yep, was so frustrating with, with the poison. I tried lighting my weapon on fire. I tried throwing Molotovs. I went online and realized, Oh, you can cheese this boss. If you use the pungent blood cocktails and that never worked for me, she would never take the bait for that. I, I assume it's a, she, <laughs> I refer to it as a, she, I think that's because the speedrunner I watch refers to her as Susie skin flaps, but <laughs> it's uh that was like my big, my big check, my beating my head against the wall. Like, Oh, I was so close that time. Let me try it again. Mm-hmm. And beating this boss was one of the most satisfying victories in my first playthrough. And so I don't think that it's the strongest boss in the game, mm-hmm. uh, you know, objectively, but I think for me, it's coming in at a B. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's interesting that you mentioned like this, you felt like this was the first real check for you. Cause uh, maybe it's me coming from more of the dark souls background, but I felt like this was the first boss where I, felt like I understood the mechanics of Bloodborne. Like I felt like Cleric Beast and Gascoigne checked me personally because I was still kind of deprogramming like everything I had learned from Dark Souls, um, which is kind of like hold your shield and tank sort of thing. Um yeah. and then Cleric Beast I was kind of, or uh Bloodstar Beast, I felt like I was kind of like, oh, so this is like aggression. This is what I'm doing here. This is uh how I sort of play this game. So yeah. I think it's cool. Yeah, I I have Bloodstarved Beast in the B tier as well, and this was also my first like boss wall on my first playthrough. I it, it maybe took me like five to ten tries to beat Gascoin, um, but Bloodstarved Beast took me like at least twenty tries, and I had I think I had to summon help or use the NPC summon to get through it. Mm-hmm. It was just mm-hmm. such a step up in aggression, and then that poison is is just absolutely brutal if you don't know how to handle it. Uh, so yeah. this, I put it in the B tier. I don't like the poison as a mechanic. I don't, I mean, I, I get it. They're trying to not let you just stand right in its crotch and wail on it like you do for so many FromSoft bosses. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a huge fan of the poison. Uh, but I do like how this boss kind of, unlike um, Gascoigne and Cleric Beast, this boss really teaches you to like remember to use consumables in uh boss fights cuz i i'm one of those people who picks up consumables in souls games and then just never ever uses them mm-hmm, uh yeah. cuz i'm i'm always like what if i need it later you know or like <laughs> i use all my fire paper in this boss and then i die and it's you know wasted fire paper mm-hmm, uh, but yeah this boss uh i had such a hard time i was like okay i have to use fire paper and molotovs and pungent blood cocktails uh, and antidotes, of course. Otherwise, I'm not going to make it through it. And that kind of like broke me a little bit of being so precious about my consumables, which is a big mm-hmm. tip for people playing these games is like most of the consumables, especially stuff like Molotovs and fire paper, you can just buy more. It's not like you're never going to find more. So mm-hmm. yeah, Bloodstarved Beast in the B tier for me. Yeah, And... Bloodstarved Beast gives you your first chalice item, 
So mm-hmm. I am going to take us down for two chalice bosses uh, now. Okay. And these are two that I have done. And the first one is the undead giant. Okay. Mm. So the undead giant has two, two, at least two forms uh, that I've fought. One mm. of them is very, very easy. One of them is a giant asshole in my yes. opinion. So um, we can take both of those forms into account when we decide where to place the undead giant. Uh, this one was easy for me. F tier. I hate this boss. <laughs> I hate okay, this wow. boss so F. much. First so, one. Um, <laughs> like you said, uh, the the first form you fight him in, the I think is the easier form. Um, I forget what his weapon is in that form. But the second form, the one that I distinctly remember is the one where he's got like the chains somehow in him or whatever Mm -hmm. and i don't know what it was it like this is my personal ranking but like i don't know if i just didn't grasp the like depth of field or something like i felt like i was always getting hit by those chains and getting like almost either one shot or almost one shot by those chains and i was like i wasn't I didn't think I was anywhere near this guy when he did his little spin move. Um, so it was just a very frustrating boss for me personally. Um, and yeah. I did not enjoy the the fights with him. Uh, and since we were going through the chat, like some of this may be impacted by our slog through the chalice dungeons a little bit, um, <laughs> because I think you fight him you fight him at least twice, if not like three times somewhere along the way. And Mm. I think like I hit the defiled version of him where he was just one shotting you because like you only had a third of your health. Uh, And I was just like, this feels cheap. And anytime a boss feels cheap to me, I'm just like, no, I do not like this. So that was, that's my first angsty like F that I'm going to give out. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. First, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, this one's tough because I didn't actually, I just kind of had the chalice bosses in their own little group off to the side as like, you know, if we get to them, that's cool. So I hadn't really thought about it too much. The chains were broken. The chains on, on his back when he would do a spin attack. I think I have the video of me finally beating him the like hard version recorded i remember going back and watching it and just like it's not a fun fight to watch because it's like run in couple hits then like run to the opposite side of the room to avoid that garbage and then the the only thing that i think was kind of cool was he had that like blood sack or pustule or whatever on him and if you could pop that you got like a big damage like all at once but if you did that too early in the fight then it felt kind of wasted you wanted to sort of like save it for the end so that when you were in trouble you had that boost still i'm gonna throw it at d i think i'm gonna put it in that kind of mid-range that i was just saying i wouldn't have very many and uh he looks okay right there i think he's yeah i've got him in d also i i agree i don't like this fight really at all uh especially the second one those he's got this that bullshit thing it's uh slave night gale and dark souls 3 has the same thing where he takes a swing and then there's like a you know his chains twirl around him and they can hit you on like their thing and that's so frustrating and Mm -hmm. yeah i don't i don't want to just like claim hitbox problems but that big swinging chain attack just feels like it hits you more than it should Mm -hmm. and i was uh i was streaming my last playthrough 
of Bloodborne. I streamed the entire thing, and other than Orphan of Kos, this was the hardest boss in the game. The second Undead Giant fight took me at least 15 tries to beat. So he's in D. I'm reserving the F tier for bosses that I think are like fundamentally bad or like like broken, which I don't know if there's going to be an F in Bloodborne. F was bed of chaos in Dark Souls Mm. 1, you know? (laughs) So I don't think there's anything at that level, but Undead Giant sucks. I have it in the D tier. And um, I'm curious to know what you guys think about the next boss, which is also a Chalice Dungeon boss, uh, which does have some hitbox problems, which is the watchdog of the old lords. So I will turn that over to you guys because I know you went all the way through the chalices and you had to fight the defiled version, which yep. it's got to knock it down a few tiers, huh? It did. Yeah. <laughs> I think fortunately we co-opt him most times, which helps. Mm-hmm. But I honestly just find this boss uninteresting and like not that exciting. So I think I might throw him in there with undead giant at d for me just this this particular boss and maybe it's because he's so overused in the chalices too like i felt like i was fighting him every other boss fight it felt like i just got tired of him and there wasn't really anything exciting and then when he was hard and like you said hit boxes when you did die a lot of times it was how did that hit me and exactly. that never feels good so yeah I'll yeah the the only thing saving this one from F uh, is that I did enjoy the first time I fought it. Like the first time I fought it, I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool boss. I like the aesthetic of this. Uh, and then like Andrew was saying, you fight it at least one, if not two. Like it, it did feel like you fought this one a bunch uh, in in the the dungeons we were running through. Um, and some of that might have been because I think... I I think we ended up having to farm for like some of the materials to open up some of the uh the chalice dungeons but it it was just not fun uh fighting him for me because of the reasons you guys said of he would do like a charge and there was it it felt like the hitbox was way bigger than it should have actually been um, but I did enjoy the first time. The first time I thought it was f- fun. First time I thought it was fair. After that, it was kind of like, nope, this isn't anymore. Um, yep. Granted, I think the first time we fought him, we were way over leveled for. Because I yeah. guess the idea is that like you get the chalice thing, you go into those chalice dungeons like right then. Uh, we kind of did all the chalice stuff at the very end of the game, so we were like way way overpowered until we hit the defiled, pretty much. Yeah, I have the Defile, or not the defiled, the uh, Watchdog uh, of the Old Lords. I have him in the D tier. Um, I like it more as like a design and fight than the Undead Giant, but he goes in the D tier because I think the hitboxes are very shaky, especially on that, um, the charge move and the one where he swings his head. Uh, I just got hit by stuff that I shouldn't have gotten hit by too many times. Um, he's not in the F tier because it's not the bed of chaos level bad. Uh, and I, again, I like the design. It's very cool, but yeah, not great. And, uh, again, I didn't do the defiled chalices, so that's not part of my opinion. Um, <laughs> lucky. Yeah. 
I mean, so like I, I said this in the other episode, but like I this last playthrough, I was like, I love Bloodborne. I'm gonna go through the chalices and get the platinum trophy. And then I got I got through maybe like five of them. And I was like, this fucking sucks. I'm not doing any more of this. So I, <laughs> even as much as I love Bloodborne, I still didn't want to go through and do more. The Chalice Dungeons really feel like leftovers. Like they had a few more ideas that were kind of cool, but not good enough to make it into the main game. And so they kind of tacked it on with these really kind of initially ex- like exciting and sort of cool maze-like levels. But once you've done like one set of the chalices, unless you're doing like the randomly generated ones, it really starts to feel repetitive and the same. And you see a lot of the same bosses, a lot of the same enemies. You're taking the same left turn here, right turn here, mm-hmm. kill the witch that's spawning the the enemies, all that kind of stuff. And so it, it definitely feels like half of a really good idea that yeah. wasn't quite white executed on perfectly but it doesn't get in the way of the main game so at least there's that yeah Yeah. even though i do recommend that new players um actually go do some of them because you're gonna get a bunch of levels and upgrade materials and stuff down there so it's it's worth your time to go do some of them Mm -hmm. but going all the way through is like if you really really want to or if i guess if you're playing co-op the uh the next boss is getting back to the good stuff. Uh, the next boss <laughs> is the boss of the Cathedral Ward, and that's Vicar Amelia. So, mm-hmm. turn over to you guys. How do you feel about Vicar Amelia? I really like Vicar Amelia. I thought it was a cool boss. Um, she is a tier for me, um, like lower a tier. Um, but I, I, I think like the cutscene where you go in and like you see this this woman just kind of there, and you're like, oh, okay, what? I, I'm not quite sure what I expect here you fought through cathedral ward and then like there's just blood everywhere and she's this massive creature and like has these white rags kind of hanging off of her i thought it was really cool um and i i I like the sort of I, i remember the first time that i fought her getting her down to like half or like a third of her health and then she like starts healing and i'm like oh bosses can do this now huh um and so that i think that was pretty cool i like the arena that you fight into um i thought it was a like fighting in the cathedral feels kind of like that culmination of that zone and cathedral wards probably one of my favorite zones in the game um just kind of like wandering around and like keeping on coming back to it and seeing all the changes um is is really cool so I think I'm going to go B with this one. Uh, I I I like the, the presentation of this fight. I like what she looks like, the kind of big white dog. She's good. She really gave me a hard time on my first playthrough. Uh, the, the grab, the reach, some of the moves she has, and it feels like her health pool is just massive, at least, you know, the first few times you fight her. Mm-hmm. Or the first time you fight her and... and she just feels like that boss that is more of um like a battle of attrition than it has been before. You're doing a lot more just kind of biding your time. And then she starts healing on top of that. 
Um, so <laughs> there were some very frustrating moments for me with this fight, but I think that the style and the presentation and everything makes up for a lot of that. And so I, I think I'm going to go with the B. Okay. Yeah. I've got her in a, um, partly for that, that spectacle, you know, when she transforms, when you first walk in, I think this is a good DPS check, like mm-hmm. testing yeah. whether you've been upgrading your weapons. Now you can. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I I like the fight. I think the fight's pretty easy now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, on a replay, uh, she's really no yeah. issue at all because, um, you know, you can use that numbing mist to stop her healing attack. Or if you've been upgrading your weapons, you can just kind of outpace the damage, uh, outpace the healing as she's trying. Um, but mm-hmm. I, that, uh, that kind of cathedral room is really, really cool. Uh, I love that. Um, and there's a reason they reuse that for at least two other kind of bosses or, um, you know, NPC fights later in the game. So I'm yeah. putting Vicar Amelia in A. Uh, I love the the sound like that she makes. Um, all the sound design of the monsters and bosses in the game is great. But oh yeah, yeah. I'm um, I'm putting her in A. I think she's cool. Next up, another one that's cool, but. <laughs> maybe less than mechanically satisfying we'll see is the uh, witch of hemwick so after you beat mm-hmm. vicar amelia you go into hemwick charnel lane and you fight the witch of hemwick so <laughs> this is an interesting one i'm curious to hear what you guys think about this i feel like so i i have this one in c it was a cool sort of like gimmicky fight the first time i did it um and i think it would be higher uh, but on, like you were kind of saying on subsequent playthroughs, it's like, once you kind of know the gimmick, I feel like it's, it's less fun and cool for me personally. Um, because it's like, I remember going in the first time, I'm like, what is going on here? Like, this is not your normal boss fight. Um, mm-hmm. and then the, you've got like the invisible witch kind of like wandering around and, they're summoning things and it's like, do I fight these things? Do I fight the witches? Whatever. Um, but, um, so like the, the initial, as with most gimmicks, like the initial time you do it, it's like, Oh, this is kind of cool. This is different. This is change of pace. Um, and then, um, for me personally, it was kind of like, okay, like I get it now. And it's, it's kind of lost some of its shine for me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. This one's pretty low on my list of of rankings, um, just like the numbered ranking I did beforehand. This is the only boss on my first playthrough that I beat my first try. Mm-hmm. And I, I I went in, there's the like kind of tall, lanky monster in there that you kind of are supposed to think is the boss at first, beat him, realize, oh no, something's spawning these things. There's the witch, kill the witch. The second health bar appeared before... I had fully killed the first one. I don't know if that's intentional or if it's supposed to die. And then it's like, oh, the the, the second one pops up. But either way, once I kind of figured out what was happening, I was really easily able to just kind of run circles in the room and just whittle them down. And being that this was my first FromSoft game and my first playthrough, I felt really proud of myself for doing it in one go at that moment. But now, like, yeah, it's I I don't <laughs> think I'm a fan of the uh gimmick fights in any FromSoft game that I've played so far. Like 
Demon Souls obviously is probably the worst offender because mm-hmm. it was so early on. But there, I mean, there's at least one in Sekiro that I can think of that I wasn't crazy about. And yep. so this kind of fits in that category. I'm going to put, I'm going to put the witches at D. Okay. I have them in C and the only re like mechanically, I think it's an F, but in <laughs> it's in C because I think that it's like the horror theming of the fight is very cool. How like if she, um, so she'll shoot these like magic things that stun you and yeah. she'll like waddle over to you and jump on you and start cutting your eyes out. And like her lair is just covered in eyes, which mm-hmm. that is cool enough to give it two tears. <laughs> you yeah. know, if this fight was like mechanically satisfying at all, it would be much higher, but I have it in C it's not great. Uh, I, I also beat it my first time, uh, I ever played it and I died like twice when I was streaming it just cause I kept getting hit <laughs> by that stun attack. Um, she's also a reused like just enemy or maybe it's vice versa, but there are like the witches like her in the, in, in the, the DLC. Well, no, in the, the Hypogean jail, like the unseen village kind oh, of area okay. that can, they can run up. I remember you go down, like you're going to fight Parl and you see the one run past the doorway. And so you think you need to go left to get her. And that w- one on the right usually gets you in the back your first okay. time. Okay, There's one, I, um, I'm, there's one that follows you to Ludwig's boss arena in the DLC too. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's a good, uh, a good thing I, I was going to say about the blood starved beast. It's cool. Uh, in the DLC, when you find a blood starved beast in a cave, yeah. you absolutely whoop its ass after yeah. it gave yeah. <laughs> you so much trouble earlier in the game. That's always a good yeah. feeling. Yes. Um, similar to the Capra demon factory in dark souls one. <laughs> yes. So, Witch of Hemwick, C-tier. Moving on, uh, we just talked about Dark Beast Parl, so let's talk about Dark Beast Parl, um, which uh, <laughs> was one that I could not beat by myself uh, my first try. So I will, uh, I'll turn it over to you guys. Where are you putting Parl? This one is a tough one for me. He's uh, He's like on that borderline of B and C for me, I feel like. Um, and I think I'm going to... St- put him b but like he's probably the lowest of my b tier um for me personally um he is a pretty cool like big beast fight um i like the electricity aesthetic of it um i think that's kind of like oh an elemental sort of stint uh is cool it feel i i think i got really lucky the first time i fought him i, I don't know if it was like a glitch or if like I feel like the hitboxes worked the other way for me in this one where I was like, I should be getting hit, but for some reason I'm not. Um, <laughs> but uh, I I enjoyed the first time I fought him. Every time I've gone back to fight him, I'm like, I hate this boss, um, which is why I'm going to put him at like the bottom of my B tier. Uh, but it is a fun like little fight. I wish the, the run back was not quite so annoying. <laughs> yeah. So... Try not to, yeah. we try not to factor in boss runs when we talk about the bosses, but if there's one that's like just super annoying, like it really affects how you play the boss because you're you're fighting. You're like, really, please don't don't kill me here because I don't want to do that boss run again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that yeah. one to Parl sucks. Yeah, it, and since he's an optional boss, like there have been times I've played through it again where I'm just like, you know what, I died. I don't want to make that boss run. It's optional. 
so I'm just going to skip it. <laughs> so, Yeah, Parl for me, uh, I think is going to be my first C. And because this is, uh, I really like what how this boss looks and how you, you walk into that arena for the first time. You drop off the edge and you're like, oh, I can't go back now. <laughs> and you just kind of see the lump like laying over there and then the electricity kicks in. You really kind of have that like, oh no moment. And this one was tough for me on my first playthrough for sure. And then I can't remember where I heard it, if it was in a video or if somebody told me or what, but somebody, somewhere I picked up, don't lock on. Mm-hmm. It's like a boss where you don't want to use your lock on. And once I figured that out and I like could get under and hit the legs and wasn't tr- like being held in place by my lock on, every time I fight this boss now, it's always a first, first try victory. Very rarely do I die to it. It, it, it kind of took the excitement out of it, and so for for style, I'm a, I'm giving bumping it up a little bit. But then for just how, I guess maybe how it's aged would be a way to phrase it, um, and just because it's you know I don't like it as much as some of the ones that I've already put above it. It's going to be right there in the middle of the pack. See, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm putting it in C also. I'm not a huge fan of the fight. Uh, I, like I said, my first playthrough, I could not beat him by myself because I was doing him the f- in the Hypogean Gowl or Jowl or whatever section, not the Unseen Village section later yeah. in the game. Yeah, um, He was just really hard. I had to summon. And I like I don't think it's mechanically that great of a fight. You can just like break his no. legs repeatedly until he dies. Yep. But... He is a very good skeleton, so he gets some skeleton points. Yeah, so he goes up in the C tier for being maybe the best skeleton in the game. Um, yeah, my my most recent playthrough, I like I waited too long to do the hypogean jowl or however the fuck you say it, um, <laughs> and I got locked out of that lamp. So I came back during the unseen village portion, and I killed. Parl in like six hits because I was like way over leveled for yeah. that the fight because yeah. he doesn't scale with you so right that was kind of cathartic because I remembered him being <laughs> such an asshole my first time and I went in and just like yeah just whooped his ass so mm. C tier Parl next up is the Shadow of Yarnum Shadows of Yarnum Shadow of Yarnum um, the fighting three dudes at once Yes. So uh, this is, uh, I will turn it over to you first before I give my opinion. Shadow of Yarnum. F. This is the other, <laughs> this is the other one that I really, really Whoa, hate. Oh, really? Whoa. Um, interesting. Like, I, I don't know. I, Dark Souls or FromSoft games like to do the thing where they like throw multiple bosses at you uh, mm-hmm. or multiple enemies at you as a boss fight. Uh, just, and to me, that feels very much like it's just artifact. Like, I'm sure a true, like, Dark Souls fan would just be like, we'll just get good. Um, but, like, to me, it a lot of times ends up feeling very cheap. Um, just because, if not done well, especially. And I don't feel like this one was done that well. Because a lot of times it feels like, oh, you just, like, there were multiple times where I felt like I got just stun locked and there was nothing I could have done. Like, um, and I'm not saying that like, Oh, like, I I mean, I did make a mistake. I did let them hit me, but then there's no way to try to recover at that point. A lot Mm -hmm. of times. Um, 
And when they throw, like initially you're fighting like two more melee ones and one ranged one. Um, and so like if you're, they're kind of dodging all over the place coming at you from all angles. And if you're not careful, you'll put your back to the ranged one and you'll just get annihilated from the back. And then I'm going to whine about hitboxes, like the little flame thing that they summon <laughs> up from under the ground killed me mm-hmm. way more times than I, I am happy admitting the snake, um, the big snake. Yeah. Yeah. The and that just suck. annoyed me too. Yeah. So um, like ultimately this F ranking is petty um but i'm okay with that like fuck it it would probably (laughs) actually be like a d um but it it it, it's a fight that frustrates me enough when i get to it that i'm just like uh i i'm annoyed by doing this fight um so and it's like i get lost in the area that it's in um and so (laughs) another i I get annoyed by that too another (laughs) just truly horrific boss run to yeah. the shadows of Yarnum. It's awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to put this one at C because I didn't have that much difficulty <laughs> with the fight itself. I agree that the run's not not the best. Um, I think Dylan really just needs to get good. That's what it sounds like. That's <laughs> yep. what I'm hearing. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I know this boss killed me a few times my first playthrough. And it was mostly that final phase where that one mm-hmm. starts summoning the ridiculous snake thing. And, and the, what made that frustrating for me was that it always seemed to happen off screen. And so you don't really know where it's coming from. Like you see him start to summon and you just start rolling like a, like a crazy person hoping it doesn't hit <laughs> you. And uh, that was kind of annoying. But even though there's three of them, it's still not like the gank squad from dark souls two or anything like that. It's not that bad to me. So I'm going to put it the middle of the pack. Like I, I don't love it, but I don't find it as like egregious as Dylan does. Yeah. (laughs) I'm putting him in the B tier, uh, for a couple of reasons. This is like, if we, by the way, if you guys ever get to a boss like this, feel free to, you know, put a feather in your cap and say like, a lot of people think this boss is really hard. I've never, I've, I've played through this. I played through the whole game two times. And I think I died once against the shadow of Yarnum. I just don't think it's that hard. And like, yeah. I'm not trying to like say that you suck. I like, you know, mm. we all have yeah. these bosses where it's like, for some reason, this just doesn't bother me. Yeah. It's in B tier though, because those snake attacks are horrible. Mm-hmm. And the boss run is, it's, just it's egregious it's one of the worst boss runs in like their whole game catalog it's terrible um and you can you can get lost just doing the boss run uh so yeah it's in b i think the aesthetics of the fight are really cool um and again i like seeing them as regular enemies in murgo's loft and just stomping them uh yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) seeing uh you know where your snakes now huh you know (laughs) <laughs> so yeah b tier shadow of Yarnum. they're cool uh not the most fun fight but they're cool next up is uh rom the vacuous spider
the vacuous spider. So where do you guys put Rom? I'm going to put it uh, high B for me. Um, wow. Yeah, wow, indeed. And, and <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, <clears throat> all of this is coming from like lore and aesthetics because as a fight i don't particularly enjoy fighting rom um i feel like your fight with rom goes one of two ways you either get ganked by the spiders and it's just annoying or you like run up and are able to like just wail on rom and get enough damage in that you beat it in like two phases um this might be one of the ones where like i i know a lot of people hate rom I've never personally been bothered by Rom. I just don't go. think it's that interesting. Um, but lore-wise and just like aesthetics-wise, I think it's very interesting because this is where the game takes that. Like the game has been kind of like spooky horror and has been hinting at a lot of stuff up until this point. This is the point where it takes that big, huge turn and is like, this is cosmic horror now. Um, yeah. And I really like that that aspect of it. I like like that you go out, you fight it in the middle of this like glassy lake, you kill it, you see the uh I forget the her queen. name. Queen is Yarnum, it queen Yarnum? Queen Yarnum. Yeah. Yep. Um and the, the blood the moon happens. Crying. Um and you've got all of the like you go back and everything has changed. Um and so that to me puts this at uh B tier. So Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm going C for the same reasons because I like what it is in the game, but I don't like this fight at all. I don't like Rom. I think they came up with a cool design and then they were kind of stumped on how to make it a fight. And so they just thought, <laughs> what if we just ganky with these spiders that you can only hurt if you hit them in the right spot? And I don't find this fight particularly hard. Even my first playthrough, I died a couple times, but I didn't find it that hard. I always go for the ignore the spiders approach and just try to get in as many hits as you can before they get too close, roll away, get in more hits. And it seems to work for me, but I just don't, I don't think it's a fun fight at all. I think it's kind of bad, but I really love, like you were saying, Dylan, what it is in the grand scheme of the game. And that carries a lot of weight for it. And so it lands it kind of right in the middle of the pack for me. Yeah. So I like Rom lore-wise, and I consistently have trouble with the fight. Like, Rom is in my top five most difficult bosses for me whenever I play through the game. It's it's just ridiculous how hard I find this fight. And I, like, <laughs> you're right, it, it's either, like, I get ganged up by spiders, and I, like, to avoid that, whenever I fight Rom, I always kill as many spiders as I can, uh, because Rom will just chill, um... But I get hit by those magic missiles like the every time. It yes. just I just get crushed by those. And I know like all you have to do is run no. to avoid them. <laughs> but I still just get demolished by them. Um and Ram is the rare boss that goes back goes down into the chalices later, and it's like much yeah. easier in the chalices because you have pillars everywhere. You can you can block yeah. uh those things with the pillars. But mm. Uh, I have Rom in the D tier. <laughs> I I hate mm. this fight so much. Um, I think lore wise it's cool, but I really hate this fight. Like, yeah. Every time I beat Rom, I'm like, thank fucking god that's over. That sucked. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting <laughs> to sure. see how we all kind of fell differently on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
for sure. Uh, so, uh, speaking of chalices, we're going to take a, a little detour into the chalices and talk about three chalice bosses. This is going to be quick for me because I don't remember a whole lot about them. Um, but I did fight them. I know that I fought them. So the first one is the bloodletting beast, the bloodletting beast. And that's kind of like midway through the kind of regular chalices before you get into the defiled ones, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, the bloodletting beast. So do you guys remember much about this fight? I don't. Like when I was looking back, I was like, I know I fought this guy at least a couple times, but I I feel like I must not have had that much trouble with him because nothing about him like I I'm not remembering really anything about the fight itself. Um there's a version without it, its head, right? Isn't there a headless version? Yeah, there, there's there's two. Mm-hmm. There's two versions in the chalices. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I I don't remember like hitting this as a wall personally no so no this is the um, one that like you get right under it and like you can if you lock on it like really spazzes your camera out because it's so much taller than you mm-hmm. but i feel like you could parry th- I, like i feel like this is one of the ones where like i wasn't great at parrying um but i feel like this is one of the ones that for some reason i was just good at parrying and so i think i just like destroyed it um that said i put it at d uh, mm-hmm. like low D because really I didn't remember that. Like I knew it wasn't in my F tier because I didn't hate it because I didn't have any memories really of it. Um, but this, this was, I think the boss where the chalices kind of started to feel like, what are these? Am I yeah. having fun doing these? <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. because it was kind of just like, I mean, I guess that was the boss, but it, I, I, I just kind of felt like I did it, you know, not like a sense of accomplishment after doing it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this is one of those bosses that feels like half of an idea that wasn't finished. And I don't really like this fight. I put it at an E. Um, I don't I think that it's size and how it affects the camera. And yeah, whenever we whenever I remember fighting it a few times and I think the headless one does the thing where it if you're not like sprinting and rolling around a bunch, it it can't find you as easily, which was something they kind of took from a demon souls boss fight, but it just wasn't very interesting. It was one of those get in, hit the legs a couple times, get out, get in, hit the legs a couple times, get out kind of fights for me. And it just like Dylan is having trouble remembering it. It was very forgettable. And so yeah. it's, it's going at E for me. Yeah. I have it in D like again, F my F tier is reserved for bad, broken, bosses and this is not that but it's in d because i know that i've beaten him two times and i don't remember a single thing about it except i i have a memory of like just kind of maneuvering around pillars there's like Mm because the arena i think has pillars around the outside and you just i just kind of maneuver around them keep my distance bait out an attack try to get a parry run Mm -hmm. in hit him a few times it's just a a very basic fight from what i remember so i'm just putting him in d because i don't remember anything special about it uh the next one though i do remember a little bit about it and it's the thumerian descendant and this is part two of a three-part little chalice dive here the Mm -hmm. thumerian descendant i feel like this one like i'm gonna rate this higher 
solely on looks. Yep. Uh, because this is another one where I don't feel like I really remember this fight. Um, I, I, I remember the arena, like, cause it, it was like the big open arena mm-hmm. and I feel like he, like, you know, he has the curved sword and it was one of the, where you kind of started getting into the Thumerians and that was kind of cool. Um, but I, I think it falls into that same, like if, if these bosses were not all right in a row, I feel like maybe the chalices would have helped, like had a different vibe for me, but I feel like there were like two or three right in a row that felt very forgettable to me. Um, and I, and this is one of them where it's just like, okay, you know, I, I fought it maybe a couple of times, beat it. Um, didn't really find it that like didn't run up and you know spend three hours trying to beat it it was like okay you know two or three attempts beat it move on cool um and then never really think about it again right so d tier but higher than blood starved so or bloodletting <laughs> yeah so this one i think i get mixed up with the Thumerian elder is this which one of them can blow fire? Ooh, that's that's tough. I don't remember. I didn't fight the Thumerian and Elder, but I don't remember if the Thumerian descendant uh, can blow fire. They look similar. This was, I think this was like a, a curvy sword guy. Yeah, I have a picture of him pulled up, and if you look up the Elder, I think he looks kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um. But then there was a th- another fight that I think was against like a female. Um, it, yeah, it was the one wearing like that dress armor thing. Yeah, the witch. The, yeah, she was. Yeah. She's the one that blew the fire. So this one is pretty forgettable because I think that the Thermarian Elder is the one that I always felt was kind of like a knockoff Ligarius, and so I like that one a little more. The, this one's gonna go down in E with the bloodletting beast just because it's so forgettable and i i'm getting like three chalice bosses confused right now and so there's yeah <laughs> that's not a great there's sign that. for this boss yeah. in particular exactly exactly <laughs> yeah and we're we got a trend here like i'm hoping that the later chalice bosses that i didn't fight i'm hoping they were cool because we're consistently putting chalice dungeon bosses pretty low down on the tier lists so um i have the thumerian descendant at c uh, I do remember it being like, I do remember the fight because he fights with those two kind of curved sword things. And I beat him my first try, just like I beat the bloodletting beast my first try. Um, and yeah, I just don't remember much about the fight itself, but he looks very cool. So mm-hmm. I'll put him in C because he's not, he's better than bloodletting. I like him more than Rom, you know, he's mm. not undead yeah. giant. So he goes in C tier <laughs> for me. Um, not much to say. The final one, which is actually in the main game outside of the Chalice Dungeons too, but apparently it shows up as a boss in the Chalices, which is the Abhorrent Beast, which um, is a boss in the Chalices, but for anyone who didn't get that far like me, you find that beggar in um, the the village in the woods uh, in that house. And if you attack him, uh, or if you, I think if you send him back to Odeon Chapel, he'll turn into this abhorrent beast. And uh, yeah, what do you guys think? Because you fought him as an actual boss. 
I also have him in like he he's high D tier for me. Um <laughs> but I didn't particularly enjoy this fight either. Um and it was another one where to me it felt kind of forgettable as well. Um I I don't know. I could see him being in C tier because of that experience of fighting fighting him in the uh like I think it gets bumped to D tier for me because I fought him twice. Like if it had just been the beggar guy and he was like that optional sort of boss fight, I feel like he would be solidly in C tier for me. Uh, but because he was reused and I was like, okay, I know this fight, like I fought him already. I feel like that bumps him to D for me. Um, it was cool. Like the, the transfer, like I, I really like the transformation piece. Um, I think my first playthrough of the game, Andrew was like, hey, go like talk to him and like maybe hit him or whatever. And then he transformed on me and it was like, uh oh, but yeah, I think you were like vaguely like, yeah, he if you don't like kill him, he's going to murder people or something. And so I was like, well, I can't let that happen. And then and then he turned into the huge monster. Yeah, I was like, well, I mean, look at him. He's sitting there eating the corpses of, you know, next to be. <laughs> I there's, you know, definitely regular people, maybe even some children, and it's like, well, he's asking you to get tell him a safe place where he can come back. You really think that's a good idea? And so then yeah, you're like, no, let's fight him. And so for me, I put this one at C um because the transformation thing was really cool, but that fight mm-hmm. is really cheesable with like the hallway there. And so I've never once fought him legit in the main game. (laughs) So seeing him pop up in the chalice dungeons and not being able to like cheese him or bottleneck him in any way and having to actually go one-on-one, you know, mano a mano against this fight. I, I still think that there's a reason he's not a boss boss in the game. And that's because he's, you know, he's relatively simple. He's hyper aggressive. He's, maybe not the most fun or balanced fight and or the most interesting but i think aesthetically he's cool he's one of the only beasts that talks to you in the fight Mm -hmm. and he actually is like insulting you as the hunter which is kind of interesting so i think i'm gonna put him at c because yeah he's i didn't find him offensive but he's not you know compared to some of these higher tier he's not that but i did appreciate him more in the chalice dungeons because I had to actually figure out how to take him down versus some of the other bosses in the chalices that are just hype, like ultra forgettable. Yeah. We're really filling up these, uh, like C D and E tiers for you guys. Huh? Like I've, I have him in C too. Um, like I said, I didn't fight him as an actual boss, but I have like tried to fight him fair in the main game and it's just not very fun. Like he's real it's not hard a good arena. It's not a good arena and you're a decent distance away from a uh, a lamp. So if he kills you, like you just got to like go through the level again just to get back to this like mini boss thing. I just don't I don't like it a ton. I do like it. It gets cool that this NPC transforms into a a monster, but yeah, not a huge fan, but it is cool. Put him in C, you know. All right. So finished with these chalice dungeon bosses for now uh, we have two more on the tier list uh, for later we are going to go to castle canehurst and we are going to talk about martyr Lagarius. so where are you guys putting Lagarius? 
I have Logarius at A. Uh, A tier. Um, if I had only played through the game one time, he probably would have been a lot lower. Uh, because I was checked hard by Martyr Logarius. Mm, uh-huh. uh, He's very hard your first time. Mm-hmm. He's um, hard every time for me. <laughs> yeah, like having played through it again... Um, now that I know like how to fight him, he's still a challenge. He's still tough um, for me, but it feels way more fair. Um, it's another one of those bosses where I, I don't particularly enjoy the run back either, um, which <laughs> kind like uh, kind of hurts him a little bit. Um, he's at he's at like the bottom of a tier for me, but I still uh, like I think the fight is cool. I think he is a cool character. Um like just lore wise like Mm -hmm. he seems like a horrible person um but he is an interesting character uh just kind of lore wise and uh i like the like there's a boss in dark souls 3 i'm blanking on the name of right now but is very similar to sort of that martyr logarius fight um that is a lot of fun um it's uh it's before freed it's in in orlando uh like as you're uh... getting up aldrich uh the it's like the chamberlain or the um oh pontiff, I forget what, pontiff sullivan yeah pontiff yeah yeah pontiff sullivan feels very like martyr Ligarius to me mm. um and and like i said it, this one is one of the ones that is challenging but fair to me where it's like every time that i died to this i was it was frustrating because I was dying, but I was like, I see what I did. I know how I can improve. I know how I can do this differently. That was my fault. Um, mm-hmm. versus some of the other ones where it's like, ah, oh, that hitbox is like, what is this? You know, this one was very much like, yep, I got greedy. Shouldn't have done that. Yep. So yeah, this, this was probably the hardest check for me since, uh, blood starved beast up until like the end game bosses. And just Kanehurst is so awesome. It's such a cool, like, kind of different zone and, like, a lot of weird stuff going on. And then to get through all that and get to the top and there's Lagarius is what you have waiting for you. A tier for me. Yeah, I really like this fight, even though it checked me really hard. Uh, Probably one of the ones for my first playthrough that I had to do the most to actually finally persevere and beat him. And on subsequent playthroughs, I know what to do now. I I know, you know, the strats still hard, still challenges me pretty much every time. And, but, but now, you know, I, I'm, I enjoy it. You know, I'm a glutton for that punishment at this point. And so I, I like it. I love the style. I love the rooftop. I love what you unlock after you beat him. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, all around solid fight. That's A for me. Yep. Yeah. Also A for me. And if there's anything bringing it down, it's the boss run, uh, which like yeah. several times I'm like, all right, this is the time I'm going to beat him. I know exactly what to do. I'm in the zone. And then I just fall off of one of those like rooftops yep. <laughs> during the boss yeah. run. It's a, <laughs> it's a real like deflating feeling when that happens. So you got to do from soft platforming and you're guaranteed to lose at least <laughs> some health on the way. Yep. And you got to decide if you're going to cost a blood vial or if it's going <laughs> to roll with it yeah everybody's favorite feature in from software games mandatory yeah. platforming it's awful it's <laughs> terrible stop it 
Um, yeah, he's in A tier. I have a lot of fun with this fight. I think this is an ideal, like, this fight is hard, but it's, like, very learnable, and mm-hmm. uh, you can parry him uh, pretty easily. He's not super hard to parry. And once you get the hang of, like, dodging his swoops out of the sky and then dodging those uh, those skull attacks, uh, he's not, like... He's not super hard. You just have to like be patient. Don't get too greedy. Um, and then when he drives that, you know, that stake in the ground, just go, go kill that thing as soon as you can. Um, yeah. this is the, I don't, uh, I don't offer myself up for summoning often, uh, in these games, but I do have fun, like helping other people fight Ligarius. There's a lot of people summoning, uh, summoning to fight or for help against him. I do have fun, um, summoning for him or like being summoned it's a lot of fun yeah yeah Ligarius, good boss the next boss that i have on the list uh, uh the jury's out on amygdala so how do we feel about amygdala and i'm gonna be i'm gonna have a different opinion from you guys maybe because um i have just heard horror stories about the defiled version of amygdala uh, but i did not go that far in the chalices so my opinion on amygdala is just the main game so where are you guys yeah. putting Amygdala? I have Amygdala at C tier, which tells you how much I like the base game normal version of this fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a really, really cool fight. Like you you go into, uh, I forget what the, the zone is called, but you go in and it's like you've seen these creatures kind of like around on the the walls of like the odin chapel and and everything um and then like you get here and it you're confronted with one and you have to fight it and you're like holy crap this is cool um if all that was in the game was the defiled version it would be lower than f tier i hate i was stuck on that defiled version fight for about two to three weeks i think (laughs) jesus Um, christ and it yeah, wasn't and it wasn't it was not a it wasn't even like a oh like i don't know what to do i don't know how to beat this it was very much just like i know how to beat this it's just i have zero health because i'm in the defiled version so like one to two hits is going to kill me um and for some reason it has so much health in the defiled version it takes it like a an attempt at it if you're actually going to kill it is like five to ten minutes minimum um jeez oh, so it, it's it's a war of attrition, and there is so much time for you to make one little misstep and get hit by some wonky hitbox thing. Um, that said, C tier because I really like the aesthetic. I really like the the fight in the base game, not the Chalice Dungeon stuff. Um, and like, I don't know. I, I had a lot of fun. I went in and beat this boss the first time I played it or fought it. Um, so I had fun doing that too. I was, wow. I, I, I had like a, whatever sorcery is called in this game. Uh, I come from arcane. Yes. (laughs) So I, I used a couple of those spells and it just like annihilated it. So it was fun for me. Amygdala is, was the hardest check in the, the run to platinum in the chalice dungeons for sure it was mm-hmm. brutal mm-hmm. uh we had to kill her twice once in each of our games respectively <laughs> yeah, in geez. order to get 
the trophies. That, that was the worst part of it. Is like we find like we were just co-oping back and forth because it it felt impossible to beat by yourself, and we finally beat it at Andrew's game. And like the deflation that I felt was like, oh man, it just took us like a week to beat this boss in his <laughs> game, and now we have to beat it in my oh, game. No. <laughs> so we're not done. <laughs> Yeah, it was it's really broken. It's 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 bad in the Chalice Dungeons, but I'm not taking that into consideration for this ranking. I'm going to rank it as how I felt about it in the main game and how you know that feeling like you said that you get when you first see these things in the world and it's like, "Oh, wow, I hope I don't have to fight one of those." And then, "Oh yeah, here yeah, you actually do." And it's not really the hardest fight, but it's really cool. And so I'm putting it at B tier. Because I really like Amygdala in the main game, and I, I think it would be just too unfair for me to to <laughs> mix the Chalice experience in there to rank it. Because then it probably would be like an E, because that is is just so broken in the dungeon. Because it literally is like they buffed its health like crazy, and then they took yours away, and so it's you really have to do it perfectly, or you're going to fail, and mm-hmm. then you have to do it again. And it, yeah, it's just FromSoft is praised so often for their balance and for how fair the fight seems and how for a lot of it, if you die, you know what you did wrong and where to correct mm-hmm. the, the Amygdala Chalice fight was just, it's, it's broken. It's unfair. And that makes it unfun. But the main game, I really like that, that fight and that part of the world and the reveal of being able to see the Amygdalas in the world after you beat uh, Rom and all that stuff. So B tier for me. Yep. Also in B for me. And I like, like, I really like the design. Like it looks like a spider, but it's definitely not a spider, you know, <laughs> like it's something else. Um, so yeah. I like that the reveal, like once you get enough insight and you can see them around the world is definitely like a, Oh, what the fuck? Like actually what yeah. the fuck mm-hmm. is happening here? A moment. Yeah. And there's a moment in the boss fight where you do enough damage and it rips its own arm off and starts swinging its yeah. own arm mm-hmm. at you. And anytime a boss yes. does that, it's always great. Like any game, anytime a boss rips off one of its body parts and starts hitting you with it, I'm I'm all in for that kind of thing. So Amygdala yeah. goes in B. I hate the Nightmare Frontier, like the level that it's in, mm. but I like the As fight a, zone, a yeah. lot. I, I hate that level so much, but the fight is really good. Love it. So Amygdala goes in B for me, and we're getting into the um, later portions of the game where we're going to start, In for my list, we're going to start seeing a lot more bosses that are high up on the tier list. <laughs> so yes. let's go to the One Reborn, the One Reborn. This one is not. <laughs> yeah, maybe I spoke too <laughs> this soon. One is, uh, this one is like upper C um, for me personally. Um, this is, I think, Bloodborne's best kind of gimmicky fight for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, because in this one, you have to like kind of run up the stairs and kill like the, the sorceresses or whatever that are like uh firing stuff down on you um and then you can like kill the one reborn um and it is like i like the boss design i think it's a cool like you know like what is going on in this zone sort of boss um that said uh once i figured like once we kind of just killed the 
the the people around it was like oh okay like i i get how this works now um it's not it to me the replayability is not as high as a lot of the other bosses like a lot of the, like if there was a mode in bloodborne where i could go back and i could fight all like i don't have to make a boss run don't have to like do anything i could just go in and play a boss fight again mm-hmm. i would occasionally play this one you know that i guess that's how i think about it but i wouldn't play it a, a ton and so it's not the worst it it to me it's a gimmick fight done right um but once you kind of know the gimmick it's not as interesting to me yeah it's so. the same gimmick as the uh the tower knight in demon souls just with a bloodborne skin on it and mm-hmm. actually i've been thinking like i don't think i think one of them is better than the other one it's just exactly the same fight basically yeah i was about to ask you guys because i have played the dark souls games but not nearly as recently or as much as bloodborne slash demon souls remake and i was wondering if there was a fight like this in dark souls because yeah it literally is that same tower knight fight reskinned after playing remake i was like oh i did this in bloodborne yeah um um and from Jen, that, yeah i can't think of i was gonna say i don't know if it's in dark souls now uh bed of chaos is maybe the closest but it's not really that comparable <laughs> like yeah for sure like in that it's a gimmick fight but as far as like i guess the uh what's it called the taurus demon is another one where you have to climb up a ladder and kill some archers but that's about it yeah yeah that's it as far as i can think of i i think it's cool after playing demon souls this uh late last year that Bloodborne very much feels kind of like a spiritual successor to that game in a lot of ways. Like they're very different aesthetically in some parts. There's some parts of Demon Souls that actually feel very Bloodborne, but this fight, I didn't really like the gimmick when I first played it. Uh, I agree that I think the presentation of the boss and how it like comes from the moon and like how disgusting it looks and everything, all really cool, very like Bloodborne. But mm-hmm. the fight itself, I don't like having to go up and kill those uh, casters or whatever they are. And I I don't think the fight itself is that interesting. Um, so this one fits like it's kind of the epitome of a C for me. It's just like right there in the middle. It's 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 very bloodborne in how it's presented and what it looks like. Um, I don't like that they reuse the same exact fight from an older game. <laughs> and I I don't like the gimmickiness of it. But I don't really have any like real strong feelings of disdain for it. So, yeah. Yeah, I have it in C and it's I was kind of thinking like C is the highest tier that I can put a boss on just aesthetics and lore alone, because it's kind of like the Witch of Hemwick, like the actual fight kind of sucks like all it does is just kind of like swing its arms around a little bit and it'll like i think it'll like puke sometimes or something Mm -hmm. like that but it's it's a really easy fight once you kill the casters but yeah yeah the design of it the fact that it's like the result of them like trying to make a great one um and making this just horrible abomination instead i love that Uh, i love like the what happens with the moon, like both before and after the fight. Uh, it's very cool aesthetically. And like I said, C tier is as high as I can put a, a fight that 
I love the aesthetics and only the aesthetics, or, and like the lore too. So C tier for the yeah. one reborn. So next up, we have Mikolash, the host of The Nightmare. And Mikolash is a special one, so I'm curious to know where you guys are going to put Mikolash on your list. I really struggle with Mikolash because lore-wise and just, like, story-wise and aesthetics and, like, just... It's a gimmick fight, which, like... Traditionally, I'm not a huge fan of gimmicky fights, but it's a really cool gimmick of like, he's just kind of like, like, you're not really fighting so much as you're just like chasing this dude down mm-hmm. almost and trying to like dodge things in a maze, which is kind of cool. Like, uh, and again, just kind of like lore wise of like, he's trapped in this nightmare. He's create, like, he was the one that was trying to create a great one, like all of this cool stuff about him um i think he's at c though um like low c but c um just because it's i mean it it is what it is it's a gimmick um it's not it doesn't present like any real cool challenge it's more so just like can you kind of vaguely remember the layout of this little maze mm-hmm. uh, and and find him um, and then eventually kill him? Um, but yeah, so I think that's where I'm I'm going to. He was D originally when I made this like a little bit ago, um, but I bumped him up to C. I've thought about it. He's C. <laughs> so. okay. Interesting. I, I think his story stuff is is interesting and cool and, and his lore is kind of fascinating. Um, this is a boss fight. I think that I beat my first time on my first playthrough, but it took me like 20 minutes and I wasn't really (laughs) enjoying it. So you, you said that you struggled to figure out where to put him. Um, I'm not really struggling and I did not reserve F for broken fights. Mikolash is an F for me. I can't stand this boss. I, I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy the, the game of tag. I don't enjoy the environment i don't enjoy him like taunting me the whole time i love watching people like speed run this game and like trap him before he can get out of like that first room and just like beat the living hell out of him and that makes me so happy i can't pull it off very well <laughs> but i'd love to be able to but he deserves yeah it. i i just <laughs> yeah i just find this fight really annoying i don't think it's hard but I also don't like the gimmick. I, f- I find it very tedious and annoying, and it's one that I just want to get over with when I play, and I don't really enjoy anything about it. So here's my first F. Interesting. 
I have Mikalash in A. I fucking love Mikalash. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to be a little bit hypocritical because I said C is the highest I can put something on aesthetics and story alone. Like I find Mikalash yeah. a bit more mechanically satisfying than The One Reborn uh, because he can actually fuck you up with his um, his spells. And my last playthrough... Um, I think it took me at least 10 tries to beat him because that, that I think it's called Call from Beyond that it's like a big shower yeah. of uh, yeah. magic. A call Beyond. A Call yeah. Beyond. I, it took me at least five tries just to learn how to dodge that um, or relearn how to dodge it. Uh, so there is a bit of challenge there. And I just love the story for Mikalash, um, how you interact with what I assume is his body to go into the nightmare of Mensis. And then you fight him and you know, he's, he's in here, he's (laughs) doing all his research or whatever. Uh, and when you kill him, I love his, his, uh, his cry. When you kill him, he, he yells, I'm waking up. I'll forget everything. But you know, his, his body is dead and dried and desiccated in the real, the real world in air quotes, if that is the real world. I get very confused right. <laughs> on what's real and what's not in Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love the story and um, like the design. I love the cage <laughs> that he's wearing on his head. It's if I'm going to be hypocritical about like wh- how much emphasis I'm placing on like mechanics and, you know, actual combat, it's going to be for Mikalash. I just love Mikalash. So he's an A even though like I know it's it's not a very fun fight because uh, you're just chasing him. You got to learn where he goes, especially when he runs out of the first room. Then he goes in the other room yeah. and he fakes you out. He jumps in the mirror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have to find the other room and it's like kind of hidden. It's kind of hard to find. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I got yeah. killed. Mm-hmm. I got killed by those like, you know, toy soldier dudes like four times the last time I was playing through the game. Uh, those things hit like a truck. So, yeah. Yeah. I'll put Mikalash in A. I, I really like him. Wow. Yeah. yeah I know. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Big difference between us here. Uh, apparently, I've heard from people, I've never done a new game plus on Bloodborne, but I've heard that Mikalash like doubles or triples in difficulty on a new game plus wow. uh, because his attacks hit even harder when that yeah. call mm-hmm. beyond can kill you in one hit on the regular new game. So, yeah. All right. Next up, uh, we're going to take a detour to the Cathedral Ward, Upper Cathedral Ward right now. Uh, Before we go finish up the Nightmare of Mensis, um, we are going to fight the Celestial Emissary. Uh, Let's see. This is optional, right? I don't think you have to fight the Celestial Emissary. No, you, 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 well... You yeah you have know. to fight it I think do you because you go into the boss room and then there's there is like a window you can break and that's how you get to Ibriatus Ibriatus yeah yes. but so maybe if you don't engage with the boss the first time you could skip it but you have to go through the boss room and once you've triggered it you have to beat it yeah but you don't have to beat Ibriatus Ibriatus is optional. 
as far as oh, I Oh, yeah, know. I guess, yeah, as far as, yeah, zones, you don't have to go here at all. I guess that, I, yeah, I got my wires crossed there, Okay, yeah. right, 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 gotcha. Yeah, these, yeah, these no, two yeah, bosses You don't have are, to go here at all. Yeah, so these are optional, um, and the first one to talk about is the Celestial Emissary. Yeah, another gimmick fight, uh, another mob fight, kind of, uh, but not in, like, <clears throat> I think the first time I went into this zone... I don't know that I realized that this was like if if I had not seen the boss like health uh-huh. bar, I don't know that I would have realized this was a boss. Fight. Right, it's just a bunch of dudes um, and a yeah. big one. <laughs> yeah, I'm. So there's another another fight that feels so similar to this one to me that I feel like one of them gets to go to C and one of them gets to okay. go to D and I'm struggling to decide which one I want to put where because this one was not challenging but it was the first time mm-hmm. they did it and so I kind of want to ding the the second one because like which to me is more interesting for being like you kind of just did the same thing again um but then like I said this one was not challenging at all like I like I said I don't know that I would so I think I'm going to give this one <laughs> a d i think i'm gonna give this one a d so um i mean it's not honestly it's kind of a like when you're going through the game it's a little bit almost of a breath of fresh air because you're like ha i can be good at this game um <laughs> unless but, it kills you and then you just feel absolutely awful yeah <laughs> you just <laughs> yeah. got through a, a um, particularly difficult level uh going through that that building in the upper cathedral ward with those werewolves yeah uh, and all the the mind flayers in there it's it's a real hard level yeah and then you get to this fight this fight for me feels like it could have been in a chalice dungeon it doesn't feel like it needs to be here especially when you literally leave this fight and go straight to like a really challenging interesting fight with what there's two little enemies maybe between you and it and it's not there's not even really any more level to explore this is my other f i do not like this <laughs> fight at all i think that it's just it it's kind of pointless i guess maybe they had the idea for this of like okay you've been kind of seeing these little alien guys wouldn't it be kind of cool if you think you're fighting a bunch of them and then all of a sudden there's a really big one mm-hmm. and it's actually a boss fight but then they didn't really know where to implement it so they just kind of stuck it here I don't know. It feels kind of kind of tacked on to me. It doesn't really fit the the vibe of the level, in my opinion. And yeah, for me, just don't care for it. Not a fan. Um, I think though that once we get past this one, <laughs> I won't have any more that are this low on my tier list. So. Yeah, maybe this is the point where I say we're going to start filling in the top of the tier list. Um, <laughs> I think, like story wise, I think these fit. Because Ebriatus is like literally right next door and the church is doing all kinds of, you know, fucked up stuff with Ebriatus. And these, you know, these blue dudes, Mr. Meeseeks, are like, they're the result of this kind of experimentation or like something like that. Because there's one in Yosefka's clinic too. Right. Um, so, like, story-wise, I think they're fine, but this is a horrible, like, boss fight. This is my last playthrough. I had the Tonitris as part of my build, and I just, yeah. uh, like, the big one barely even had time to, like, 
get big and stand up before I had it killed. So this is an awful fight. Yeah. It's in D. Um, yeah, the story's cool, but it's it's not even like cool enough to move it up just based on story. Because like Rom is down yeah. in D on my list, and Rom's story is cool too. You know that. Yeah, you got to have something mechanically. It's uh, it sucks. Let's uh, let's move on to Abriatus though, because I think we'll have a little bit yeah. more to talk about with Abriatus. Abriatus, daughter of the cosmos. Yeah, she is in my A tier. Um, I think it's a really cool fight. I like the like boss design. She looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, up until this point, like I didn't know if we were actually going to fight like great old ones or if it was all just going to kind of be like, you know, maybe some weird stuff like the Amygdala or Rom or whatever, but like oh like we're actually fighting like these eldritch horrors basically too um which was was pretty cool i think her fight is not the most interesting um but she does have a lot of cool moves that if you're playing carelessly will mess you up pretty quick um and so like it if you if you're careful about it, I don't think it's it's super challenging. But if you get too greedy, it will punish you hard. Um, and just like story wise, I think it's a, a very interesting like lore wise thing of the church has this great old one that they are keeping locked up and and yeah, so like taking her blood or something like that down here. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, great story. Yes, yeah. so much of what is going on is because of this boss. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think how she fits into the lore is really cool. I like her design. Um, I like the fight. I think that this fight is not too bad if you're playing with a summon or with somebody else. But, oh boy, this fight was tough for me my first time through. This was a this was one that I had to keep on trying over and over. Luckily, it has a pretty good boss run, pretty short. Um, but yeah. Yeah, tough fight, um, but not in like an unfair way. I, I enjoyed it. I'm I'm putting it at B because of of everything we've said, the the aesthetics, how it fits yeah. into the lore. I didn't catch any of that my first playthrough. I just was like, oh, monster, I have to kill. But especially after <laughs> yep. after yeah. learning about how she fits into the the what's going on in this world, it's it's all really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot to ask you guys, like when you're when you're playing Bloodborne or Souls games, like, do you pick up on lore? Do you read all the item descriptions and stuff? Because I, I don't, and I kind of just vibe when I play the game, and then I go watch, like you said, Vadi Vidya. I listen to podcasts, and like, I get the story from other people because I'm, I'm just not the kind of person, even when I'm really trying to, uh, I won't stop and read twenty five item descriptions each level. Yeah. No, I. I tend to like get the lore either through reading like write-ups about it or watching YouTube videos or something after the fact. Um, I, like you said, piecing it all together myself could be fun. But for me personally, I'm just like, no, I'm enjoying this game mechanically. I'm enjoying the exploration. I enjoy the environmental storytelling Mm. and the, the bits of lore, like, souls games tend to give you enough that you can vaguely understand what's going on and it's enough to kind of like get you thinking of like i kind of want to know more about this 
and that pulls me in, I guess, to to want to learn more and watch these YouTube videos. So it's not like I'm just like, eh, I don't care about the story at all. But um, it's like I get enough of the story to get me through the game. And then I'm like, that was really good. I want to learn more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's how Bloodborne was for me, where I was getting little bits and pieces and everything was so weird and and strange that i wanted to keep going to see if the game was going to explain it to me because this was like my first fromsoft game and when it didn't that was when i discovered fromsoft youtube and how big of a (laughs) how big of a like (laughs) Mm -hmm. part of youtube that is um and then dark souls like the lore doesn't really grab me nearly as much as bloodborne i like all the aesthetics and stuff what's going on but the lore doesn't grab me like once i started digging into it i found it really interesting but just playing through the game it wasn't nearly as strong as bloodborne for me and then um sekiro is kind of in between where sekiro i really was kind of wanting to know what was going on and it was was pulling me a little bit more but that story and lore is is given to you a lot more straight up than, than yeah. their other games so sekiro is the only one where like you are taking part in the story during the game right all the other ones you're discovering the story as you play and the story's long finished by the time you get there. So that mm. that's just, it's harder for me to follow too. So with Abriatus, the first time I played it, I didn't know, I didn't know she was a God. I just saw right. a monster. Mm. Um, exactly. And I could not beat Abriatus my first try. I couldn't beat her by myself. I had to summon after trying, you know, 20 plus times, uh, yeah. to beat her. This most recent playthrough, uh, I beat all the bosses by myself for the first time, uh, the ones that I tried. <laughs> and Ibriatus was one of those like great, like, okay, I'm a, I'm just a little bit better at the game now and I can appreciate Ibriatus as a fight a little bit more. So she's in the A tier for me. She, a daughter. Yeah, daughter of the cosmos. Yeah. She is in the A tier uh, for me. And... I just like the the lore and the fight is pretty good. Like I, I like the fight. I think her charge has some kind of bad hitboxing. And yeah. especially if you get if you like try to dodge to the side and you get hit by her side as she's charging, you'll actually get hit multiple times and just die. If you get hit straight on, like with her head, she'll just hit you once and you'll be fine. So like I was reading strategies and it was like, you know, um, Strategy for the charge attack, just tank it right in her face. <laughs> <laughs> That's yep. the best way to do it. Um, and when I was fighting her, actually, um, I was using the axe as my main weapon uh, during that playthrough. Mm. And my axe broke. Or no, I was mm. using the oh, tonitrus. Wow. And the tonitrus broke uh, halfway through the fight. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, oh, no. So I like, I, I ran away. I don't even think I had my axe equipped so I had like ran back and like <laughs> menued through and equipped my axe yeah. and I actually won. That was the time I won. Nice. It was a very cool mm-hmm. uh, little emergent story there. So cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I felt good because again, could not beat her my first try or my first playthrough. So yeah, she's tough. real tough. And like those hitboxes, uh, they can get kind of bad. So we are in the home stretch now. Uh, we have just a few bosses left for the main game, and we have the DLC bosses. So let's talk about Murgo's wet nurse because she's the last boss before you get into those, you know, finish the main game bosses. Murgo's wet nurse, gross. By the way, just, just gross. 
<laughs> yeah. So I have Murgo's Wet Nurse at A. Um, wow. It's toward the lower end of A. But I thought it was a really, like, I don't know. To me, this boss felt like the culmination of a lot. Um, like, this was like, okay, like you were saying, uh, Dave, this is the last boss you kind of fight before you get into like that very like end game bosses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this was like this whole time you've been fighting your way up. You've been fighting your way towards like sort of this pinnacle. You've been hearing Murgo crying. Um, things have been getting more and more freaky as you go. And then you get here and it's like this thing that's invisible, but it's kind of got a shape and it, it reminded me a lot of the dancer from dark souls three, which I really like as a boss. Um, and so that was fun. Um, and just kind of like the vibe and aesthetic of the area I thought was really cool for me. Um, so I had fun fighting it cause it was challenging, but like not too, too challenging, um, but still fair. Um, and then like just aesthetic and, sort of story wise i thought it was interesting so i have it at a low a but a. okay uh like this one's kind of tricky for me because i don't think there's anything blatantly wrong with this fight except that it's kind of easy um like you were talking about you hear all the you heard murgo crying the whole way through the level's really intense And then I felt like when I finally got to the top and I, this was the boss that I was faced with, it was almost a little disappointing mechanically. I think that stylistically it's really cool. And the like lullaby being played in the background is just so (laughs) creepy. And then the the nightmare slain popping up on the, the screen at the end and like all of the, the game stuff is really cool. So I initially had this fight lower, but I think I'm going to, I think it's going to go in that kind of C range for me where I like where it fits. I like kind of the style and like the music choices and stuff that they made, but just overall stacked up against the other bosses i i think it's a little bit weaker than than some of the other ones that we have talked about and are going to talk about yep i love any FromSoft boss where you go in and you don't get this bombastic you know boss music Mm. in the background and murgos is definitely a surprise uh the design is very very cool uh all of the the swords and sickles and everything like that that's cool the fight's really easy. Um, if you get caught, she can kill you pretty quickly. There's like a right. kind of like spinning attack that she does that's kind of hard to like find the safe spot during. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of the time, like she does that like walking, chopping move and you can just like hang yeah. out on her butt and attack. So I'll put it at B. It's not a very fun fight, but it's not bad. And I do like all of the the music, the design and stuff like that. And, you know, fighting a boss with a baby crying in the background is <laughs> something that is terrifying. It's weird. Yeah. So kind of puts you um, on edge a bit. The uh, the I didn't notice it playing at first, but in subsequent playthroughs, going back through Yarnum and getting to the little girl's window, it's the same lullaby playing there. And it Ooh. tripped me out the first time I heard it 
because it reminded me of the wet nurse and i was like wait and then like looking into it i've you know realized like i found out that actually was what's playing and i think when you get like right up to the window it might kind of fade away so it's like when you're in that area getting close to her i think it's meant to like kind of guide you and make sure you don't miss that window but i didn't even notice it my first playthrough because there's so much stuff going on when you first are playing that game but once you know yarn them like the back of your hand then that kind of stuff sticks out to you and yeah I, that that tripped me out and i thought it was really cool yeah that is super cool maybe it's like uh you know a common lullaby in yarnum world you know like it's their version of hush little baby don't you cry or whatever mm, yeah so, <laughs> terrifying all right um before we get into the dlc uh bosses I will give you guys the floor to talk about uh, Queen Yarnum and the Thumerian Elder. And I'm just going to put them in the didn't fight tier on my list. But I am kind of curious. On the uh, main episode, we did our top three bosses. And one of the guys on that episode put the Thumerian Elder in his top three for the whole game. So I'm curious to hear what you guys Hmm. think about these two, Queen Yarnum and Thumerian Elder. I don't remember Thumerian Elder <laughs> He's, at all. The okay. Thumerian Elder um, is like the Thumerian descendant. Like if you Google them and look at images, it's hard to tell which is which. And that's why I was getting them confused yeah. earlier because I think that one of them is pretty cool. Kind of reminds me of Ligarius and how like that kind of aggressive and he kind of looks like him, but is not quite, it could be like his younger brother or something. I think that's and, the Thumerian mm-hmm. Elder because the Thumerian Elder in the picture has a big sickle that he's carrying right that okay. makes sense so yeah, yeah i yeah. like that one i I think that's a, a cool boss but mm-hmm. i haven't really thought about where i would put him yet so i don't know if you know dylan <laughs> yeah i've i've got him in like he's on that borderline of c and d um i think i'm gonna put him at d just because it, it's another one that i just don't like did not do enough for me to to set itself apart for me personally um and to me that means i fought it like once or twice and 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 some of this i i kind of do blame on the way that the the chalice engines worked because <laughs> it's not like like all of these other bosses even if like mechanically they weren't the most interesting or challenging they all had like kind of specially crafted boss arenas whereas so many of the boss fights in the chalice dungeons just take place in like the same three and so there's not like anything to stay like it's not like oh master Ligarius, he's on the roof of canehurst or murga's wet nurse in the you know like it's basically just like yep here's generic room that at this point because you've progressed this far into the chalice dungeons you've seen like 15 times minimum already um so it didn't it didn't stand out to to me um i don't know where'd you where would you put this guy tom i think i put him at d as well um just because it's easy to get him confused with the the other (laughs) bosses but i do think that I, i i liked that fight as far as chalice dungeon bosses go but like looking at at the the ones i've put in c I don't know if I could stand him up next to those and he definitely wouldn't be above them. But I think that he was a cool design that if they took one step further could have been really 
probably something special, but just kind of what I've been saying this whole time, like the chalice felt like a, like a little bit of here's some leftover ideas that, you know, if you want to engage with them, you can. And I think mechanically the trick to beating him was just to like parry spam, like just shoot your gun as many times as you can until you finally catch him. And then you just, you get your visceral and that's it. And so once you once you figure that out, he's not a very interesting fight. He is one of the more kind of aggressive will like chase you down and, and make it tough for you to heal. And so that was kind of interesting. But yeah, overall just relatively forgettable. Um so I'll I'll throw him at D. The one I'm really struggling with is <laughs> Queen Yarnum because Same. She's kind of a gimmick fight, but Mm-hmm. She was also the she she splits into like multiple yeah the, parts right you start with just her <laughs> and so she's a Zelda she, boss splitting into different parts and you have to find the real one yes mm-hmm. then there's okay. there's two other ones um and you have to the two that are fake you can hit real quick and they'll go away but they can still do legit attacks and then the main one is the one that you can do damage on. You can bring in a couple summons that are actually pretty effective at helping you manage mm-hmm. the chaos. And then there's also her baby in there crying the whole time. And it like really at, before she summons her clones that like really you piss her off and she kind of lets out this blood curdling scream. And so like as far as the chalice dungeon bosses go, she has her own boss room, which is something Dylan was complaining about yeah. just a second ago. Yeah. Like presentation wise, she feels like one of the only ones that they like kind of gave that little extra bit of attention, but the fight wasn't really that special overall and coming off of the amygdala that we had had to overcome to get to her (laughs) she felt pretty easy so ah but then as soon as she (laughs) went down and that platinum trophy popped like nothing really beats that feeling but that's not really fair because we could have killed her earlier and got that trophy anywhere in the game so i i think i'm gonna i'm gonna let i'm gonna put her at c just because of the the presentation the the journey to get there that it was kind of that ultimate feeling of pushing through the the difficulty and the struggle and then finally getting to her and beating her was like a really kind of cathartic reward and like you know we finally did it plus i think that like with this the touches they did add with her getting mad at you and screaming and bursting and bringing in her clones and crying and the baby crying and all that kind of stuff did kind of elevate it above some of the other chalice bosses yeah because i I, i'm same same exact spot i i have her at c i think pretty much every other chalice dungeon boss i've had at d or lower yeah Um, (laughs) she she did feel like they put like she felt like a fully fleshed out boss, whereas a lot of the other Chalice Dungeon bosses to me kind of just felt like we couldn't figure out where to put this in the main game, so here it is in the Chalice Dungeon. Um I think she could have potentially been in B tier had I not spent three weeks trying to beat Al McDowell. Because <laughs> at that point, that was like this is like beating her, I think, was the last thing that we had to do. Yeah. Maybe we beat the the game and we yeah no i think we i don't remember the order exactly that we did it but like she was basically the last thing we had to do and at that point i was just like i'm so freaking tired of the chalice like this amygdala thing and then like because i think we beat amygdala and like we basically it was like 
an hour and we had the this this part done because yeah. it was so much easier because it wasn't defiled just anymore. barrel through the um, there was like two two bosses between amygdala and her yeah. and i think yeah i don't even think we did it together we each on our own separate games just barreled through the last couple bosses just to get it done and then we both like sent each other pictures of the platinum trophy we're like yeah we did it we're done nice. <laughs> yeah yeah so it like could have could have been higher i feel like this out of all of them has the potential it, it was the most fleshed out but like it was one of, and, and maybe we were just way over leveled because we spent three weeks on amygdala uh but it, it did kind of just feel like it went very quickly and you get to it and it's like like andrew how you were describing getting to like the top and fighting murgo yeah murgo's wet nurse and it not it just kind of feeling like it fell a little flat that's kind of how i felt with this boss yeah. like it was still a really cool boss i really liked the aesthetic and the you know it, it was cool um and the fight was kind of like a little gimmicky but still pretty fun um but it did kind of like <laughs> there was a little bit of me that was like i spent three weeks on amygdala <laughs> for this yeah <laughs> so okay cool yeah I, I i've seen lots of videos of people fighting uh Yarnum. And it looks cool. Like it, it looks like a boss fight that I would like to try. And that's why I was like, this time, you know, I want to go through the chalices and fight her and stuff. But I ground down and just listening to you guys talk about your experience going through the chalices, things start to blend together. Everything's basically the same thing. I Half of me is like, you know, I would like to see this other content that I've never seen. But the other part of me is like, you made the right choice. Like you're not you're not missing like unmissable content here. So no, right. But something that is unmissable, something you should do is the DLC for bloodborne, which is uh, in the episode. I said, I think this is the best DLC that from software has ever made only really challenged by some of the dark souls Two DLC in my opinion. Uh, but I think oh. bloodborne is the best. Uh, I love the dark souls Two DLC, uh, but that I think DLC Bloodborne's the best. <laughs> there are some parts in that Dark Souls 2 DLC that really suck, um, yeah. but those are optional parts. Um, I think that has some of the best bosses in Dark Souls 2, mm. but you're going to have to wait for the Dark Souls 2 boss tier <laughs> list episode, which is going to be seven hours long because that game has 85 bosses in it. But... Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so we're going to start the uh, Bloodborne DLC with Ludwig, the Holy Blade. This is an interesting one. Where are you guys putting Ludwig? I have Ludwig at A. Um, I thought it was a... Like, I, I really liked this boss fight. I don't think I got stuck on it too, too long either. Well, um, we did it together. I think I beat him in... Yeah, but I think we beat him in, like, five, like five attempts or something like that. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't terrible. Um, and I think I've gone back and, like, played it again. And, like, you know, it's challenging, but it's not... Uh, it's not the worst. Uh, 
I I think it's really cool because like my initial playthrough, I think I used Ludwig's like blade. Uh and so it was really cool to be like, oh shoot, like this is the guy that this is his blade, sort of thing, you know? Like that's really cool. Um so I I like that from like a lore and story perspective. I thought it was a, a very, you know, it was kind of disgusting and like Cronenbergian like body horror stuff going on, which I thought was very interesting. Um, I thought it was a very freaky boss because of that. Um, and just like he hits like a truck, uh, but it to me, it, it felt like the fight was very fair. Like I, I, I it was, you know, like one of those like. I could see the the lines of code or whatever. And it's like, okay, I know how to dodge this. Like, I just don't have to, I have to not mess up the dodge because I'll die if I do. But like, I understand how he's going to attack. Um, and so I thought that was really cool. And the, doesn't his like head talk to yep. you after you yep, kill him? His head's like, just so laying I there. I thought that was kind of like a you. cool. It's real <laughs> gross. <laughs> so yeah, he, he was probably, Outside of like some of the end of game bosses, he was probably my favorite like big beastie boss. So this this boss is S tier for me. Ludwig is amazing in how he's presented. The music that's playing in the background is probably the best in the entire game. Um, and the the you can tell even if you're not paying attention to the lore you still feel like heartbreak when you're fighting this boss. It's like, it just feels so tragic and it's one of the only bosses, if not the only one that like interrupts you halfway through and has this big cutscene like kind of emotional moment where he's talking to his sword and he changes forms. Yeah. And the, the boss room and what you how you travel to get to him is just absolutely disgusting mm-hmm. on like a level that we haven't really didn't really see in the main game like we saw some gross stuff you know like the the brain and all that but like this like just this whole thing you're just wading through blood and yeah it's absolutely turned up to 11 and then for him to be the fight that you get at the end of that and kind of your he's the introduction to the DLC bosses mm-hmm. and you kind of feel like all right they're uh <laughs> they're doing something here. Yep. And yeah. I this this boss is S tier for me. I go back and I I watch a lot of videos of people fighting him and um there's a guy on YouTube who does like what if such and such a song sounded like the music from Doom Eternal and he's done <laughs> the song from this boss and it's it's amazing. Um yeah, this one's this one's S tier for me. I absolutely love it. Yep. S tier for me also. It's my second S tier uh, for the game. It's your first one, right, Andrew? It is my first one, yes. Um, It's uh, S tier for me, and it's interesting because my first playthrough, I could not beat him by myself. This was the other one. I had to summon help. I just could not wrap my head around this fight. And this was the one replay where I was like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. Like, I know I can do this. I'm going to figure it out. And it's interesting for me, the second phase where he pulls the sword out, you would think that that's going to be the harder phase. Um, but for me, it's, yeah. for me, it's much easier than the first phase. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Cause 
even the even the time that I beat him by myself, he does this charge attack in his first phase that I I, I just couldn't figure out how to dodge it. And like you I think my stream archives got deleted by now, but you can hear me in the stream be like, okay, I dodged it, but I don't know how, so I better make this count, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Um, but the second phase is is much easier because it's a dude with a sword, and we've we fought dudes with swords before um, instead of giant <laughs> horse monsters. Yeah. Uh, but everything comes together for, for Ludwig. It's the full package. Like you said, the, the music, especially in the second phase, is fantastic. Yeah. Um, the design is horrific. The boss arena with all those bodies everywhere. And it, I don't know if you noticed, but if you have the camera pointed at the bodies, they're, they move around like they're still alive. It's real gross. Ugh. There's the dude banging on the gate outside of his boss arena that's just like, yeah. ah, well, I'm going to kill you because you give me like six blood vials each time. <laughs> but sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Total package. Uh, I love this fight, even though... If we did this podcast six months ago, I would have put him down at like B or so because I just thought it was really, really hard. I mean, it is really hard. It is yeah. hard. But now I, I have done it. and uh, But the DLC is really hard, and so it's kind of like, hey, get ready. Yeah. yeah. Well, hmm. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, yes, we're going to continue the trend of things being really hard. But the next fight in the DLC that we're going to talk about is the living failures. So... Maybe we'll save. I was. I couldn't remember we'll, where that. We'll one save was, the difficulty yeah. for later. The living failures. Um, where are you guys putting these? This is the one that felt like celestial emissary two point to me. Um, yeah. It felt very like it felt very much like. Hey, remember celestial emissaries? What if they were like kind of a little bit harder, uh, and the arena was slightly more interesting. Um, and so I thought it was like, it's an interesting fight. It's a little frustrating because sometimes if you get them to spread out, you'll get hit by like the little magic attacks that they, they do because you don't see that they're coming. Um, I said, I, I couldn't decide. I felt like I was going to put one at C one at D. I think I'm just going to put both of them. at D. <laughs> so, That's fair. Um, so I think, I think this one's also at D. Um, I do like it better than the Celestial Emissaries fight, but it's also kind of like it just feels like they did the same thing to me. So, yeah, for me, it doesn't feel like the Celestial Emissary because that fight, you can just like run in there and swing with your eyes closed and beat it. This one, you they're a little bit tankier and they can hit you back really hard, but I still don't really like this fight. Um, It's. It's one of those kind of frustrating gimmick fights and there's no level between it and the next fight. So I don't know why they felt the need to even put it here. I'm sure it's got pretty big lore implications, but I didn't like it. And also I feel like the sound is unbalanced when you go into this fight. Cause I was playing it with headphones for whatever reason. And just like, as soon as I would enter the fight, the music would just like, burst like really <laughs> loudly into my into my ears and like i hadn't noticed that for any of the other bosses like the music will ramp up and like get louder and epic but it feels like a natural like musical thing that it's doing this felt like audio imbalance so that was kind of frustrating overall not a very interesting fight but still i found it 
more difficult than I thought it should be. Like I died to this boss more than I would like to admit because it's so simple, but it's just because all the attacks hit so hard. And once you get hit a couple times, you know, if you can't recover fast enough, then another one's going to hit you or something's going to hit you off screen. And so, yeah, for me, this is a D, um, just didn't really care for it. Interesting. Um, I have this one up in B. Uh, I don't interesting the regular fight, like where you're just, you know, kind of managing the crowd and then taking shots when you can is not super interesting, but they do have that big meteor attack where you have to hide behind the giant sunflower. (laughs) Sounds really weird to say it out loud like that, but that's what you're doing. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I like the fight is a little bit satisfying mechanically because you can parry them. Um, you're managing a crowd. It's not like the celestial emissary where you're just swinging and just mowing through this pack of enemies in front of you. Right. Um, and they do have a little bit of a challenge. I died maybe three or four times on my most recent playthrough fighting them. Uh, and it's always because like, it takes me two tries to figure out how to identify where those meteors are coming from. And then sometimes, like, I think I have it blocked and one just, like, goes right next to the sunflower and hits me right in the face. So, I don't know. The The main thing with the living failures, though, is the story, which is uh, they are yeah. living failures of attempts to make or to become great ones, uh, which is what they're doing in the research hall, which right. we did top three levels on the, the main Bloodborne episode, and the research hall was in my top three for like level design things, but like what's happening in there is so like horrific. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, it, that lore kind of carries into the living failures. Uh, so mm-hmm. it gives them a little bit of a push and I can put it above a C because there is a little bit of mechanical like difficulty <laughs> there. So to follow my own rules, uh, to get back on the rules, they're not a great fight though. Like <laughs> it's in, it's in B because I love the lore so much yeah. But it's not not a really fun fight. Yeah. Next, uh right after and like thankfully you get a lamp right before this boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next is uh Lady Maria of the Astral Clock Tower. A corpse should be left well alone. Oh, I know very well how the secrets beckon so sweetly. Only an honest death will kill you now. Liberate you from your wild curiosity. There's a fun fight for you. S tier. Yep. Yes. S tier. This was such a cool fight. She might be one of, like, she's definitely one of my top three. Like, she might be my favorite. Probably not. I, I think there are a couple coming up that I, I like a little bit better than hers. But hers is such a really cool fight. Um, her, she's very quick. Very, very quick. Um, like, a lot of the other hunters feel like they move at your speed. She feels like she moves a little bit faster than you do. And so you've got that, like, adjustment to to kind of make there and learn of, like, okay, normally i could be a little bit more aggressive this i might have to like she she really wants you to parry her 
Um, and I, I like how, as the fight progresses, like she uses more and more of like the blood tinge type of stuff. Um, the the lore behind her is very interesting like coming from i think she comes from canehurst right and uh or something she is somehow tangentially connected to like the the canehurst sort of vampire people but like refuse to use it and so the fact that she's using it against you is like saying something and how she's kind of like regrets everything that the old hunters did and that's why she's kind of like guarding Mm -hmm. those secrets and just the connection that she has to gearman um i think it's all just really cool i love this fight if like i said earlier if there if there was the ability to just pick like i don't i don't want to play the game i just want to fight the boss she would definitely be one that i would go back and do a bunch so it's interesting you can do that in dark souls 2 um Mm -hmm. but not in bloodborne and not in dark souls 3 just in just in dark souls 2 they were like hey use a bonfire aesthetic go fight the boss again go Mm -hmm. have fun but not here exactly maybe elden ring yeah (laughs) we'll see uh this yeah i uh i was going back and forth on between like a and s on this this one and i think i think i'm gonna put it put her at, at s this such a good fight um and the feeling of satisfaction when you actually finally defeat her is probably one of the the better like the the better bosses to give me that feeling i cuz i felt the whole thing felt like epic and it felt like you're fighting tooth and nail and i was healing a bunch and every time i got hurt i was like that was a stupid mistake why did i do that or why did i dodge like that or why didn't i parry or damn it i missed my parry like and it all felt every little mistake felt very impactful and important but it wasn't an immediate one shot like you still had time to recover and stay in the fight like i think when i finally beat her i was down to like three bullets and two vials kind of thing. Like it was (laughs) one of those like tooth and nail fights and it felt so cool. Um, and yeah, the fact that she's kind of like a, she feels like a slightly superhuman hunter and her weapons are just so cool. Her style, like her outfit and her weapons and everything she does the cut scene when you go into fighter and she like grabs your wrist. Yeah. S tier for me. Me too. And like, um, she wasn't in my top three bosses in the game, but she is definitely in my, um, she is definitely in my, uh, my S tier. I think it's a really fun fight. And like, what's cool about the the fight with Maria is that she, as her phases get more and more intense, she starts to get these kind of like elemental effects like the blood, the fire, but the attacks are still the same that she's doing. And so mm-hmm. like it's not like she gets like 55 new moves that you have to learn. You just have to like try not to get psyched out by the fire that's coming off of the sword now. And she's still right. basically doing the same attacks. You have to be a little bit more careful so you don't get tagged by a bigger hitbox now, but it's still basically the same fight. And I really like that approach to something i don't love about from software's trajectory is like how much they love multi-phase boss fights now but i think that like 
the multi-phase in Maria's fight is cool because she gets these new effects, a little bit of extra damage, but it's not like, you know, she completely transforms and now you have to learn a whole new move set. So it's a very, very fun fight. It's your like, maybe not your final test for parrying, but she is very, very parryable. That's how I have to fight her because I I need that extra damage. Uh, So yeah, very good fight, Maria. And like, I think this is, if you ask the average Bloodborne fan, what's your favorite fight? A lot of people will say Maria uh, because it's just such a well- I don't know, just a well-conceived fight. And uh, once you realize that she's wearing the same clothes that the doll has, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, Garman, what's going on here, buddy? Like, what are you doing with that doll? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. some mm-hmm. weird stuff going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have four bosses left on this. Uh, this is becoming marathon uh, tier list episode. <laughs> Before we go fight Orphan of Cost, we have another DLC boss, and it is Lawrence, the first vicar. So, Lawrence. I think Lawrence is B tier for me. Um, he is very cleric beastie, um, which... I don't like. Is he actually is he the cleric beast you fight at the beginning of the game too, or is that someone else? I don't right? think he's the cleric beast, but I think like mm-hmm. I think like just a general cleric beast is something that like these important people became. So like Lawrence also became this this type of monster. Yeah, yeah. At one point, I knew or I had heard like seen a video on who the cleric beast you fight in Central Yarnum is, but I right. can't remember right now. Yeah, but I I think Lawrence's fight is really cool, um, and it is kind of a a like they do a lot of similar things to the cleric beast fight, but you do fight it in a cool arena, and like it is different because it is like fire and lava, um, and that that puts a new twist on it for me, um, and I I enjoyed the cleric beast fight, so it was kind of like a it was one of those sort of from soft things of like, Hey, remember how this was something you fought at the very beginning. Now we're going to like give you the amped up version, but not in a cheap mm-hmm. way. Like they did with amygdala and whatever. It was like, we're going to do it in a, in a like cool amped up, like it's got some new powers and some new buffs way. So, um, and just like lore wise, you know, Lawrence is a huge name in bloodborne story. Um, he has ties to a lot of the, cause Lawrence was the one that like split off from like master Willem or whatever. Right. And so he, he's the one that kind of started the healing church and using the blood and kind of set in motion a lot of the events of the game themselves. So that, that's pretty cool too. And when you go in the arena, the first time, um, mm-hmm. in the DLC, you have to get his skull in order to unlock the research hall and you get that cutscene that it's like one of the very few story exposition cutscenes that you get in Bloodborne that does explain who he is. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. And I liked what they did. Like the first time I played through that, where you walk up and you're like, you see it kind of just sitting there and you're like, this thing's going to get up and attack uh-huh. me. And then like, they let you walk all the way up, get the thing and then leave. And you're like, I guess I was wrong. Maybe it's just cool. And then you come back and it's like, it attacks you. It's like, ah, I, I knew it. So. <laughs> yeah. I agree with pretty much everything you said, Dylan. I, I think 
I'm, it, it's a strong B for me. Doesn't quite hit A tier. It's it's. I like how it looks aesthetically. It's not my favorite fight to actually play. I and I I like all the cool, interesting things that they did with, like you said, walking into the building, seeing the body there, thinking it's going to come alive right right then and there. I like that Lawrence made it into the game as a boss fight, but I put the OG cleric beast at an A, and I don't think that. I feel like this one is still like just a step below that for me. And so that's kind of where I'm, how I'm justifying putting in a B, but it's, it's like top of the B. Yeah. I have Lawrence at an A and part of this, I think is that Lawrence is one of those bosses for me that a lot of people say is really, really hard. And I just, yeah. I don't have any trouble with Lawrence. I've beat him on my <laughs> second try, both playthroughs. Wow. Um, you know, like I said, I, I couldn't beat Ludwig by myself my first playthrough. And I heard all these people like, oh, fuck, wait till you play Lawrence. And I don't know, second try both times. So nice. that helps me have a higher opinion of him, I think. Um, uh, what I do like about Lawrence that puts him above the Cleric Beast is his second phase when he's like crawling around on the ground, spewing fire everywhere. It's a very cool, like very cool scene it's not so hard if you just like i think you stick to his left side and just pound him as he's mm-hmm. circling around i don't find it to be very difficult but it is really cool and i i don't know i really like that fight you're back in that church it's a cool boss arena yeah so i'll put lawrence at a uh, also very sad when you go back to the um hunter's dream if it's not already uh, on fire and uh, there's some dialogue where German mm. is like in a in a dream, and he's like, "Lawrence, Lawrence, help me!" And you're yeah. like, "Ooh, I you, you don't want to see what's happened to Lawrence right now. <laughs> Things yeah, are not good for so him." So sad. Yeah. The Bloodborne story with all the characters—it's so tragic when you know what's going on. Every single character, except for the uh, except for the chapel dweller, who's <laughs> the uh, yeah. All right, so. Uh, that's Lawrence. He goes in my A tier. And we have three more bosses. We have Orphan of Koss. That's the next mm. one. And we're going to finish the DLC. So where are you putting Orphan of Koss? I I know that a lot of people hate the Orphan of Koss fight. I put Orphan of Koss at S. Wow. I think this is a really cool fight. I really like... Like, to me, this is like the pinnacle the culmination of so many story things like i thought it was a really cool way to end the dlc where you're like oh i understand why the hunter's nightmare exists now i understand like what all was going on we've learned so much about like what the hunters did in the past that has started all of these things um and i think the orphan of Con- like it is a challenging challenging fight um but it's another one of those to me that felt very fair. Like there, there were rarely times it during the, like the orphan is aggressive as hell, but if, and so like you, you do have a little bit of just kind of like, okay, I've got to play it safe. I got to, I can't just like go in and wail on it. Um, but it felt very fair. It felt like every time that I died fighting the orphan of cause, it was like, yep, I got greedy. Yep. Like, I did something stupid there. I dodged the wrong way. Like it to me, it felt uh, the right amount of challenging, I guess. So I, I thought it was really cool. So 
This is for me. I I like this fight. Uh, it's it's. I think its health pool is huge. I think it's extremely aggressive. Has insane reach. It's super fast. But that's all the point. Like you said, it's a culmination. It's testing everything you've learned up to this point. I'm putting it at A because at a certain point the difficulty does start to like wear on me but for all the lore reasons all the story reasons its presentation the fact that it's like fighting with a placenta like (laughs) yeah it it's just it's bloodborne to the max and it's a really cool way to cap off the experience i mean obviously like you, you could do the dlc you do the dlc before you end the game game but this, especially if you played the game at the time, you would have played this after having beat the game and you're getting like more, you're filling in more of the gaps and stuff like that. And so I think it was a really good way to end it all. Um, yeah, tough as nails, but but really cool, really excellent fight. And if you beat him, you feel like a badass. And so that's what it's all about. Yeah. So mm-hmm. A for me. Orphan of Koss is S tier for me, and he's my favorite boss in the game. Um, wow. You're going to say he was easy next and that you didn't no, have any trouble with no, him. No, <laughs> and I, the next the next point uh, is that he actually is the hardest boss in the game for me. But Oh, yeah. Each, um, each From Software game has one boss, at least one, but usually one that I can pick out that is very hard, that takes me like 20 tries, but it's just... I get in that zone, that, that ideal zone where you each try, you get a little bit better. You learn a little bit about one of its moves. Um, maybe you get its health bar down a little bit more, but you learn something and the whole process is fun learning it. And so like Dark Souls one, it's Artorias, Dark Souls two, it's Fume Knight for me. Uh, Dark Souls three is Gale. And then in Bloodborne, it's Orphan of Koss. And like this past time, uh, it took me about i want to say like three hours of streaming to beat him but i had a great time the whole time i was like yeah i was like okay i mean i'm getting frustrated because i'm dying a bunch but like i'm still i'm enjoying the process of getting better at fighting him and the the thing that's hard is his second phase he is so aggressive it's it's really hard to dodge for me in the second phase and what he's doing is i think he's really punishing if you have the uh, tendency to dodge backwards instead of dodging forward, he punishes the fuck out of that. And so I had several deaths where I had to be like, okay, Dave, do not dodge backwards. Like this is not, not the time you can't (laughs) heal right now. Just dodge forward, dodge again. You can heal after that. Um, Yeah. Orvin of Koss is, uh, is my favorite boss. Just, I just love the fight. I love the process. I love the sound design. His, uh, his screaming throughout the fight mm-hmm. is yeah it's it's terrifying yes. and uh seeing the uh seeing the result like the story wise seeing the result of what the uh the first hunters did the origin of the curse and all of that it's it's just fantastic i love it so s tier for me orphan of costs two more bosses so uh the first one is garman the first hunter Another S tier. Gearman is my favorite boss in the game. Um, I I really 
like just a the lead up you know like he's he's been at the game since the beginning you've been talking to him he's always in this wheelchair um you know that he's a hunter but you don't really know what's going on you you do all of these things you complete your quest you get back to him and it's like you realize like oh he's like gonna try to like he's gonna he's gonna sacrifice him like he's gonna fight me so that I can get out of the stream and he is going to take the, the like take the bullet and stay here in the stream and then like he gets up and gets out his like sword and scythe thing and it's just so cool it's and I don't know the just like aesthetically uh Andrew for like our older project we had like an intro where it would he had like this screenshot of him and German and it was like this night, the field of flowers mm-hmm. sort of like it, like an old samurai movie almost. Um, and it's just so cool. Uh, his weapon is probably one of my favorite weapons in the game. I don't know. I, I love it. So. Well, I'm right there with you. S tier for me. Um, yeah, the, the culmination of the, of the main game, uh, was great i chose to fight gear fight him on my first playthrough um and who boy was it a check he <laughs> he definitely showed me that i was still the padawan and he was the master but eventually i got it down and yeah just the the whole like you go and and the dream is on fire and then you mm-hmm. go over there and you have the choice to either let him kill you or you say no. And if you say no, like he just, he stands up so slow, takes his weapon off so slow and it's so dramatic and epic and presented so well. But he also kind of has this air of like, ah, here we go again kind of thing. And <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, he just proceeds to whoop your ass all over that, that field of flowers. Mm-hmm. And I I love that fight. Um, playing through the game more and fighting him a few more times, now I'm able to actually make it look like a cool fight. You know, I actually hold my own. He he can still <laughs> catch me off guard and just destroy me, but he is pretty parryable once you learn it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, just the presentation, the culmination, the the difficulty, it, it all comes together for me. It's the total package. It's that's S tier. Right on. Uh, just before I give my opinion, did you guys play this before the DLC came out? No, but I played through the whole game through before I bought the DLC. Okay, gotcha. The reason I ask is because like, I can see at the end of the base game, if you didn't play the DLC, I can see German being a big difficulty jump because he is, yeah. he is harder than... Uh, most of the bosses in the main game, but he's not harder than Orphan of Koss and Maria. So no. like, yeah. if you just get done, if, like whenever I play, I kind of get in this thing where I'm like, I beat Orphan of Koss and then I go straight to German and beat him. And he's much easier than the Orphan oh, of yeah. Koss. So yeah, he's I, way easier than the yeah. DLC. Yeah. So like, he usually takes me a few tries uh, to beat. Mm-hmm. He usually catches me a few times because I'll forget about a certain attack or something like that. But um, 
I don't know. I And he can parry you, too. He's one of the few people in the game who can parry you and get a visceral attack on you. And when that yes. happens, you're like, oh, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, yeah. this is real now. Yeah. Um, that don't, that doesn't happen very often in From games. But when it does, you're like, oh, okay. All right, time to buckle in. <laughs> yeah. yes. But he's in S tier for me. I really like the fight. Like you guys said, the presentation From Software fucking loves a field of white flowers for the final boss. <laughs> yeah, um, they do. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, uh, Ghost of Tsushima too also loves it. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I love the fight. I love, uh, his scythe. I love the kind of, what's the word? The, the difference between how he's been the entire game. He spends three quarters of the game just mumbling in a fever dream, you know? It's like a and bait then, and switch. Yeah. And then when you fight him, he is limber. Yeah. <laughs> he's moving around and he's real fast. Oh, yeah. He's as fast as Maria, I want to say. Like he's really fast. And he has those um he has those charge moves that can cover like half the battlefield. And uh it's just a very good final boss. Um the uh the third time I play when I do inevitably play this a third time, I will play through and I'll let him cut my head off cuz that's the only ending I didn't do so far. Yeah. So yeah, good fight, German. If you have, um, if you fight German, not if you uh, eat the umbilical cords. Which, if you're listening to this and you haven't played Bloodborne, and you, I just say <laughs> if you have to, if you've yeah. eaten the umbilical cords or not, don't ask questions. Just you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you fight German, uh, you have a second. Uh, well, if you eat the umbilical cords, three of them, you have a another boss fight which correct me if i'm wrong but i think the little that like this moon presence is um it's like controlling german or keeping him as a pet or something mm-hmm. like that yeah yeah which is something like that something like which is brutal uh, but this thing comes down from the moon you can actually see it in the distance uh, and then it comes down and tries to embrace you if you have not eaten the umbilical german uh, and there's a screenshot that, uh, Moonborn, who was one of the guests on the main episode was in full beast form during the, the German fight. He's still in beast form in that cutscene though. And he's sitting in the chair with the doll tending to him as a fucking werewolf, which is pretty cool. <laughs> but if you have eaten the umbilical cords, uh, the moon presence comes down, you are strong enough to reject it and then you have to fight it. So Last boss of the tier list, where are you guys putting the moon presence? I also put the moon presence at S tier because... Wow. Uh, I did, like... It, it was another one of those fights that I thought was a very fair fight, which I really appreciate. Like, it could still be challenging. I agree with you, Dave, that, like, we played the DLC first, and so, like, you hit Garmin, you hit this, and it's it's still challenging, but, you know, you, you take a few times, and it's like, okay, I got this. Um I thought the the boss design was very cool. Um, it was a very, like, you know, Lovecraftian sort of horror that was coming down. Um, and it 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 was another one of those things that felt like okay, this is bit this is again one of those culmination moments where it's like everything that I've been doing up through this game. Now, granted. I don't know who figured out, oh, if I use these three items and then fight Gearman, but you know, like 
there's there's always that stuff that I love about the Souls or the FromSoft games where it's like, how did anyone ever <laughs> figure this out? Um, but uh, I I thought it was really like a, you know, just a cool like okay, I've been doing all these things. I'm gonna fight this Lovecraftian horror that's been pulling the strings of everything this entire game. Uh, and then like you get to the end and it's like this confusing like wait so now i'm an old one like (laughs) what is going on i don't this was my reward uh but but again it feels very like cosmic horror of just like yeah there's not like a happy ending you don't wake up and be like oh that was a weird (laughs) dream like you know it's very much like oh like it's kind of one of those bittersweet kind of like more gritty like yeah (laughs) good job now you're an ancient eldritch horror <laughs> um so but i don't know i i love this fight it it may not deserve s tier but for me personally it's s tier so that's interesting because for me i think this fight is thank god really easy the mm. moon presence has like one move that can one shot you basically or take you down to like one hp but other than that it's pretty pretty easy and forgiving as far as the boss fights go which i think is good because it comes down right after your fight with garman so if you just like spent all of your energy and resources beating him and then this other fight comes down i had a moment of panic fighting this thing where i thought wait if i die do i have to fight garman again and then fight him like is this a two-phase fight now but i don't i don't think it is i think if you fail you can just go right back in and fight moon presence but I don't know that I've ever had to do that. I think I've only killed the moon presence twice, but both times I didn't die to it. Um, So I'm going to put this one at C. It's right at the middle of the pack. I think aesthetically and lore wise, it's really cool, but I don't really care for the fight all that much. I feel like it, it kind of takes the wind out of my sails after how epic the fight with Garman was. Um, I like, I think the ending you get with it is super weird and trippy and cool. And I like all the lore around it and the aesthetics and it coming down with the moon behind it and all of that. It's just the fight itself. I don't really like that much. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to put it at, I'm going to put it at B. It's, it's just, it's not a great fight, but it's not bad. Um, it's just fine, especially after Gehrman and after Orphan of Koss, if you've been doing that. It's kind of a letdown. It does have that one attack that drains your health all the way down to one. And you're like, holy shit, what's happening? You know, but you still have your, uh, your rally, uh, during that. So you can, and he, I don't think he moves during that attack. You can just run up and smack him and get all your health back or get most of it back. Yeah. So I don't know. It's kind of cool more for story purposes than the actual fight, but it, it is more of an actual fight than some of those, others that I have down in C like the witch of Hemwick and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So the moon right. presence is fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that is all of the bloodborne bosses. This, this has been a good time before we move, move to the next piece. I do want to give an honorary okay. shout out to another F tier for me, the winter lantern. Ooh. Uh, that killed me perhaps more times than many of the bosses on this list. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> the winter. Yeah. Frenzy in general. Yeah. We, we had a, in, in the main episode, we had a 
frankly, a bigger conversation than we should have about frenzy because it is such a pain in the ass. Um, the, the, the thing that got me with the winter lanterns is I realized that I should just stop trying to fight them, just run past them, tank the frenzy, heal as fast as I can run past them again, tank the frenzy again. If it hits again, I just stopped fighting them Uh, or use the, uh, (laughs) uh, whatever the item is that gives you higher stealth or whatever the like blue Blue potion, potion right? Yeah. It's just not worth fighting them. They suck. Their design is so good though. It's so good. Mm -hmm. They look super cool. And like to hear them like singing in the background. It's so creepy. But after (laughs) (laughs) for sure, that would be, I don't know if I'd put it at F, but it's not fun. That's for sure. (laughs) So cool. Um, I want to just go back for the listeners uh, real fast and just read off who who do we have in the S tier and the A tier uh, as like a final summary. Who do we think the best bosses are? So I will go first. In the A tier, I have Vicar Amelia, Martyr Ligarius, uh, Mikalash, Ebriatus, and Lawrence. <laughs> and... Mikolash, <laughs> my man. And then in the S tier, I have Father Gascoigne, Ludwig, Lady Maria, Orphan of Koss, and German. I have, in A tier, I have Father Gascoigne. I've got Ludwig. I've got Martyr Ligarius. I had Murgo's Wet Nurse. I had Abridus. And it, I think that was it. I may have moved something else up, and I'm just forgetting it because uh, I save this as a P PNG file. So I, I kind of just moved as we went through. <laughs> um, and then S tier, I had, uh, the moon presence, lady Maria, orphan of cause and Gehrman. Nice. Uh, for me, I feel like I have less than you guys, but, um, I have in my a cleric beast, Father Gascoigne, Martyr Ligarius, and Orphan of Cause. And then my S tier is Ludwig, the Holy Blade, uh, Lady Maria of the Astral Clock Tower, and Gehrman, the First Hunter. Right on. Very cool. cool. This has been a ton of fun going through these bosses. And we went went longer than I thought I would, but you know what? Talking for three hours about the Bloodborne bosses is three hours well spent, in my opinion. Yeah. I can always talk about Bloodborne. It's it's a fantastic game. Yeah, hell yeah. So, Andrew, Dylan, thank you so much for coming on uh, the episode. Yeah. Everybody listening, thank you for listening. Please, please check out your friendly neighborhood gamers. Check the show notes for links to those uh, social media pages, podcast feeds, and everything that we have for you. And uh, if you want to... Check the show notes for a link to the tier list, uh, the template that we used, and you can make your own tier list and send it to me at uh, Tales from the Backlog on Instagram, at TFTBLPod on Twitter, and at Tales from the Backlog on Facebook, although I don't really check Facebook anymore. So Instagram and Twitter are your best bets. So thank you for listening, and... What am I forgetting? I didn't write notes for this episode, so what am I forgetting? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fear the old blood. Fear the old blood. 
check the Instagram and Twitter pages for uh, pictures of my tier list as well as the tier list from Andrew and Dylan. And you can compare what we thought. So we'll see you guys next time for the next game that comes out of the backlog. 